Blog Talk Radio. Now look me in the eye right now. Look me in the eye. Every single guy, do his part. Do it for your teammates. This is it right here. This is all we got right here. You go get everything they got. They go get everything we got. It's a battle, 60-minute war. Just remember that. Get after them physically. Let them know we're here. Make them remember that. You got me? I'm excited, man. I'm excited for you. Not much else to say, but go play. I feel great about playing up game, but I'll tell you what. You know what I care about more than how you feel? How you play. Feelings come and go. Feelings come and go. Great players play great every snap. Let's make them feel it. Let's let them know we were here. Adversity's going to strike. We're going to give them some adversity, and they're going to give us some adversity. We got to get after them from the very beginning. We're the aggressors in this game. We're getting after them. We're putting them on their heels. I want to see the best that I've ever seen all season long right now. Let the man know across from you he's in for a rough day. Let's go check everybody's heart right now. For Miami. Everybody talks about Miami having swag. You know what? Swag ain't dancing to me. Swag ain't saying I got a first down. Swag is flipping the man on the other side of you. And a knockdown dragout fight it was until the middle of the second quarter when Coach Rick saw the best he had seen all season and the Miami Hurricanes exploded and seized the West Virginia Mountaineers and the Russell Athletic Bowl by the throat. The Hurricanes surged to a 31-14 lead by the middle of the third quarter and never looked back. There are so many superlatives that can be thrown out for discussion tonight as we begin this season-ending edition of Kane Sport Live. But has anybody ever seen a better coaching job than what defensive coordinator Manny Diaz crafted not just last night in Orlando in holding a West Virginia team that had been averaging 507 yards a game this season to 229 yards. But really, the entire season. Those kids had talent all along. They just needed somebody to believe in and to bring it out of them. Manny Diaz did that with an exclamation point in one of the greatest coaching efforts that has been seen ball program. There's so much to talk about tonight. The bowl game, year one of Mark Richt, the spectacular freshman season of Amon Richards, whose great play in the second quarter turned the momentum of last night's game. The defense, the decision to go pro by David Njoku, the impending decision to be made by Brad Kaya, which will shape the outlook entering next season. But before we begin, we take you inside the Miami locker room last night so that you can experience the raw joy of a group of kids who got the monkey off their back from 10 years of the Miami Hurricane program not winning a bowl game. Get out with you. Help me rock. Let's go. Yeah. 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 
Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, back from Orlando as we once again welcome you to the fastest three hours in hurricane sports. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. We have 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. Those of you who have been with us for the whole season, you know the drill. You hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, that sends us a prompt. It puts you in the queue. We bring you on in the order that you punch your button. And you all know who, once again, is first tonight, who we'll get to in a moment. But as always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here is some of what they came up with. Will Mark Richt finally transform to a pass-first offense after seeing once again that this team is geared more towards that kind of offense? I think the answer to that question is he's already done that. And, And that happened in the middle of the season when he was trying to run the ball. And the offensive line proved to Coach Rick that they just couldn't run the style of offense that he prefers to run. And Mark Rick did adjust. And yet they lost a couple games in the middle that he'd probably like to have back. But they also just peeled off five straight wins to end the regular season. So I think Mark Rick did adjust. And I thought his play, play calling last night in Orlando was absolutely spectacular, including the first quarter and a half when the offense was struggling and, and, and just couldn't get out of its own way. I, I think the problem then was the offensive line was getting whooped at the line of scrimmage. Uh, Brad Kaya was in a horrible stretch, uh, looking as poorly as Kaya has in his entire time at Miami, possibly because he was feeling the nerves of wanting to showcase himself for the NFL scouts that were in attendance. That's one theory that I have on the matter. But then Amon Richards made that great play in the second quarter, and I thought it totally turned the entire game. And uh, I thought Kaya settled down after that. I I thought Rick more strategically used the run game, didn't try to force feed it. I I thought he just did an absolutely impeccable job of play calling um, throughout. And the offense took off, and uh, you know the rest of the story. So, I'll transition to a final thought on that question in that I don't think that just because this is how things evolved this year that it necessarily means anything about future seasons. And uh, I don't think Mark Richt has abandoned the principles that he believes in as a coach. Uh, You know, I, I think he believes in the ground game. I think most good football coaches out there believe in the ground game and know that you can't just throw the ball every single down. Uh, So I think as the Miami offensive line gets rebuilt and uh, maybe some better players get brought in there, um, that Mark Richt will evolve more towards the style of offense that he prefers. Um, I think looking at next year, you have the question of whether Brad Kaya is coming back. 
And I, I think that how the quarterback position shapes up, and, and nobody really knows how that's going to play out right now, including, I'm sure, Mark Richt, um, that that will also influence his play calling as soon as next season. So I don't think you can make any global judgments about play calling and, and, and Coach Richt. I think that he was forced to adjust. And, and I think that after they went through that stretch, that he gained, and he's admitted this, he gained a better understanding of the personnel on the team and what they're capable of. And, and that's what any coach goes through in a transition year. Transition years are extremely difficult. Um, obviously, Miami you know, maybe could have been uh, a two-loss team instead of a four-loss team this year, maybe could have played for the ACC title. Uh, I, I think last night they certainly looked like that type of football team. And you see what's happening, uh, those of you that have ESPN on tonight, you see what's happening to Virginia Tech in their bowl game against Arkansas. That's not going real well. Um, but, you know, the schedule caught up to Miami that night. Virginia Tech played probably its best game of the year, and, and they lost, and they didn't get a chance to go to Charlotte this year. But, uh, you know, again, I think that the style of offense and, and play calling um, will be determined by the personnel and the capabilities of the offensive line in future seasons. Um, Many more questions came in about the play calling, asking if there's a concern about it, a lack of imagination, predictability. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, I think they had enough offense this year. Um, I, I think that Coach Rick in the offseason is going to have to take a look at the third down package. I, I thought Miami really struggled the entire season on third downs. I, I think they, they may need to get a little bit more versatility in their routes. Uh, going into next season and, and, and look at why they struggle so much on third down. Um, but other than that, you know, I think the base of the offense was very sound and, 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 and pretty steady throughout the year, and uh, I don't see that as a major issue at all. Uh, we'll attack a couple more questions now and then kind of space the others in as the show goes along. Is Darian Owens a liability as an outside linebacker uh, last night in the Russell athletic bowl, he looked too bulky and took horrible angles. Um, you know, I don't think it's fair to judge Darian Owens. He, he spent the whole year coming off injury, uh, saw spot duty, uh, didn't play an enormous amount. Uh, you know, I, I thought he made progress and at times uh, looked acceptable when he was out there on the field. Um, but to have to go out there uh, when Mike Pinkney, uh, got dismissed because of that horrible targeting call last night. Uh, just a bad circumstance that he got himself into. I mean, he, he was tackling the guy low. The guy just went down to his level. And, yeah, they butted heads. But I don't think Pinckney was intending to hit him in the head when he uh, launched his body for the tackle. But, uh, you know, Pinckney now probably will have to sit out, I believe, the first half of next year's season opener. Um, but anyway, so, you know, Darian Owens got thrown out there. And uh, I agree, didn't look great, uh, did take horrible angles on a couple plays. But now he's got the whole offseason to continue to build, uh, build his strength and, and get back in peak condition. And I think your judgments of Darian Owens have to wait until next year. Uh, I just don't think that it's fair to judge him very much right now. Obviously, a huge concern on a lot of people's minds. If Brad Kaya leaves, who would emerge as the starting quarterback next season? And that's something that 
you could debate and you could pick several candidates. You know, you might say Malik Rozier is a candidate since he's the only guy on the roster right now that has started a game. Um, I know I personally have not given up on Evan Sheriffs, who is an extremely smart kid. He's been having to build arm strength. Um, but I believe he had been elevated to second team last night before the bowl game. Uh, at least that's the way it looked in the pregame warmups. Now, uh, Mark Rick didn't make any official announcements in that regard, but uh, I wouldn't sleep on Evan Sheriffs. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, he's a pure pocket passer, but he's, he's a very smart kid, and, and uh, I could see him possibly getting in contention to be a starting quarterback. Um, obviously, a lot of people are going to be wanting to see more of Jack Allison in spring practice to see what he might bring to the table and see if he can be a candidate in this derby. There's others, including Kane Sports' Matt Shodell, who think next year's starter is going to be either Cade Weldon or Nikozi Perry. Now, uh, Weldon's going to have a head start. He will be here for spring practice. Uh, Nikozi Perry will not come till the fall. I personally think Nikozi Perry is going to be a superstar at Miami and is the future of the quarterback position. Now, does that mean he becomes a starter his true freshman year? I don't think anybody can predict that right now. Um, that's a, that's a, I know Kaya did it, but that, that is not a desirable situation. <laughs> I don't think that Coach Rick or any other coach really wants a true freshman starter if, if they can avoid it. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting, but I don't think that you know, right now that you could really predict who the quarterback is going to be next year for your Miami Hurricanes. All right, we'll get to a few more questions as the show continues, but I I know a lot of you have a lot on your mind. Uh, The excitement in Orlando was off the charts last night. Uh, Tens of thousands of fans hanging around for the trophy presentation, chanting one more year at Brad Kaya. The players working the perimeter, shaking hands with all the fans. Uh, The joy on the faces of the players and coaches something that has not been seen around here in a very long time at the end of a football season. So um, it, it was just a big, big night for Miami, no doubt about it. Uh, it was a game that they needed extremely badly. Uh, the fans, everybody loves to complain all the time. I wrote this in my column today about the lack of respect, about the fact that the big-name recruits around the country don't show Miami the respect that they would like to see including some of them locally um, that, you know, my, why isn't Miami getting more five stars and, and four stars and, and, and things like that? Well, I very consistently have said that respect has to be earned and Miami football has not earned a lot of respect in the last decade. And I thought last night was a major step forward in that direction and um, nothing like an impressive performance like that to end the, a season with so many of the key recruits sitting in the stands watching, so many others watching at home, and um, obviously college football pundits, you know, watching with an interesting eye, since it was one of the more appealing bowl games of a way too long bowl season. Um, so that was a big win last night, and I'm sure you guys have a ton to say about it. So let's go out to your phone calls. Uh, the number is 646 595 that's 646-595-2048. And we're going to begin tonight 
oh, Greg was there, but I guess he had to go have dinner or something. We'll probably hear from him later. So let's go out to the 305 now, and let's get started on tonight's edition of Kane Sport Live. Welcome to the show. What's up, Gary? How you doing? Doing great. Who's this? Schmeyer 55. Hey, what's up, Schmeyer? I know you liked that game last I'm night. Doing? I actually really did enjoy it. And if you go back to every one of your um, Kane Sport Lives for basically the whole year, the first time, first thing I always say is the best coaching job I've seen a defensive coordinator do at Miami in all my decades of living, my 35 years. It's unbelievable. But that, we both know that there's not, they're not all five-star kids. He's mishmashing a bunch of young kids, a bunch of freshmen, and it's just unbelievable the way those kids are playing. Well, let's rewind that for a minute because you know I agree with you. And first, let's point out that he lost arguably his two best players in Jermaine Grace and Quan Muhammad before the season began. Let's throw in there that he was starting three true freshman linebackers that he personally was responsible to coach. Um, Didn't really have a lot of proven guys anywhere else. You know, I mean, end up, ended up at the end of the year starting Malik Young at corner opposite Corn Elder. And, you know, we could go on and on, but the thing I noticed, Robert, was every single guy, and, and I can't think of an exception, every single guy on the defense was a better player this year than they had ever been before. And that is, that is the best tribute that you can give coaches. It starts with Manny, but it trickles down to Mike Rumpf, Ephraim Banda in the secondary, to Coach Cool on the defensive line, they all have a lot to be proud of. Cause let me tell you something, that was a marked improvement. I mean, those kids were playing fast and I, I don't know about this word, but violent, is that a word that you could use to, I mean, the defensive yeah. line, I mean, those guys are just, they're hungry. I mean, I mean, you're, I mean, coming in, I hate to even bring it up, but D'Onofrio and the way they used to play and they always used to get run over. I mean, these guys were looking to hit someone and hit them hard and vicious. And I haven't seen that in, I can't even. I don't even remember. I mean, my my memory is now fading. But geez, at least ten years. And those were with good players. Can you imagine when they get a full cycle of players in there? By the way, Jeff, you, know, there, you jinx you jinx this my this Virginia Tech team. They're going to come back and win this game. You watch, and you're going to mess up my <laughs> bet. I'm going to I'm going I'm to hunt you down for money for jinxing me for that. <laughs> have Have they cut I'm into joking. that lead? Nah, yeah, the Arkansas guy just threw. He he just threw a pick. <laughs> they'll, you watch. Okay. They won't cover. But, but you know, get, getting back to what you were saying, and you know, Mark D'Onofrio obviously took a lot of heat, and it was all deserved. But you know, he he's not mm-hmm. a bad guy, and you certainly don't wish him you know anything but you know future success in his career and what and endeavors and wherever it goes. But you have to wonder what he was thinking. After all the firestorms and all the criticism and all the times that people in the Miami football community tried to get him to change his ways and change his style of defense, you have to wonder what he was thinking because you know he was watching last night. And you have to really just wonder like what he – and I'm sure Al Golden was probably watching too. Like what what they're thinking when they watch the same kids for the most part other than the linebackers that they were playing with and and had out there. Playing at, yeah. at such a higher level than they ever had. I, 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 it's, I mean, I'm just, I, I was, I was very proud to be a Hurricane fan last night. Something I have not been in a, 
in a while. And, you know, let me ask you a question. Do you think how badly does Mark Richt want Brad Kaya to return next year? I think you it's know, a legitimate question that, that isn't as obvious as many people think. I think only he knows that. I mean, I don't see how a coach doesn't want a four-year starter who's the leading passer in the history of the school to not come back okay. if he had his brothers. So, I mean, you know, you, I think you saw last night that this offense can perform plenty capably um, with Brad Kaya, at quarterback. I mean, I know he had the rough start and everything, but I, you know, I think that was very atypical. I mean, he he doesn't play like that very often. I think he just had a lot of nerves last night because, you know, just because of everything going on in his life. But, um, and, you know, by the way, he got his evaluations from the National Football League and they came back all over the place. You know, there was no firm declaration, hey, Brad, you're going to be a second rounder. or Hey, Brad, you're going to be a third rounder. I mean, you talk to NFL people and you get a range of opinions anywhere from the second round to the fifth round when the conversation's Brad Kaya. And, you know, that couldn't have been easy for him to absorb either. You know, so I, I think he had a lot going on in his mind last night. I, I think that when Amon Richards made that play, it, it just gave him a sense of calm. He was a whole different quarterback after that. And uh, so I, I don't think I, – I, I can't imagine that Mark Richt, even though I don't think Brad Kaya is t- totally what he wants in a quarterback because of his lack of mobility, I can't even begin right. to imagine – that Mark Rick would prefer that he leave so that he can move on to a different style of quarterback. I'd be very surprised if that were his opinion, but only he knows that. Mm. Sure. No, and I agree, but I, you know, I just, I mean, and a lot of the passes this year and, you know, Brad Brad Kai wasn't hitting on the, you know, long 50 yard plays. I mean, they ended up being 50 yard plays, but they were throw to, you know, throw to Armand Richards and then watch him take a five yard, a five-yard play and make it into a 60-yard run or throw it into Joku and watch him do something like that. He did have that nice play to Barrios, but, I mean, other than, I mean, you're talking about just athletes that were just tremendous all year that really stepped up for him, made, I think made him look a little bit better than he actually was. But I'm not putting well, David Njoku is going to hmm? be a first-round draft pick. I yeah, That kid's – I mean, he, that look, he looked like a men versus boys out there last – I mean, in the whole year, but, I mean, that's a – that's uh, – wow – and he's, I still think he was underutilized. Like I said, he'd go back every week when I called in. I said, how do they not throw to this guy ten times a game? He's a total mismatch. And they did throw yeah. to him you know, often, but, I mean, I mean, you're talking about a first-round draft pick. I mean, you don't, those don't come around, you know. I mean, at the University of Miami, they come around, but it's not like you, they're not every day you see that. Ooh, well, I think it was Mark Rick's first go-round. It was, it was his first go-round, Robert, number one. And number two, Njoku was, was a redshirt sophomore this year. Like, I don't think right. that right. that it even occurred to the coaches until the very end of the okay. season that David Njoku was going to the NFL after this year. I mean, I, I think that they you know, probably figured he'd be around for another year or two. And I, you know, so there wasn't like this urgency like, man, we got to get him the ball while we have him. Right. I mean, you know, he, had a, he had a decent season. I agree with you. I mean – if you know that he's leaving, maybe you, maybe you showcase him even more. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure about that. You know, I, I think Stacy Coley certainly got that kind of treatment this year and got a chance to showcase yeah. his abilities quite a bit. Um, but I don't think that coming into the year that anybody really suspected that this was going to be it for Njoku. And what are your indications of what do you think Kai is going to do? 
I mean, if I'm I had here, to everyone bet, seems to if, if I had to make a bet, I think it would be that he yeah. would go because um I, I just I don't sense and I you know, I I have some sources into into his into his camp and um I don't sense that that there's a lot of worry about the money and leaving money on the table. Um, you know, I, I think in, in, in the big picture, um, Brad, I think Brad Kaya, might, I don't know if he has coaching aspirations or, or, you know, I, I, exactly what, you know, I don't, I don't think he harbors any illusions that he has the athletic ability, you know, to be an NFL hall of famer or, or, or anything like that. I don't, I just don't know if that's, the way he's thinking and his advisors are thinking. And um, I think the feeling is that if, you know, if he gets into the NFL, he's going to make a pretty sizable check and start taking the next steps in his football future in terms of learning offense and education and things like that. And um, even though from a common sense standpoint, it makes absolutely no sense in my mind for him to go to the NFL, I don't think he's ready for the NFL. I think there's so much improvement that he has left to make. And I think, you know, that's pretty obvious. It was obvious at times this year. Um, I just have a feeling he's going to, that he might go. And, but, but I do think that last night might've given him a little pause, you know, his struggles early. I think the feelings that he had at the way the team won that game, um, the positive feelings that the team has, going into next season, the fact that these kids really think that they can be championship contenders next year with the defense becoming as good as it's becoming. Um, it, you know, if Kaya were to come back with, and, and then the playmakers that they have coming back and some of the freshmen like DJ Dallas coming in and receivers that are you know still be to be determined and things like that, Cager coming back into the mix, um, I think they feel, and probably justifiably so, that they could be a pretty darn good football team next year and contend for championships. So um, I, I, I think that the way it unfolded last night um, probably will give him a lot to think about here in the next few days uh, before he makes a final decision. And I agree with the latter of what you said. I mean, the money is not the issue. And with him, it doesn't seem like it's the number one priority. I mean, you're even talking about Rick could sit down with him and be like, listen, we're going to be a great team. Our defense is going to be amazing. You see, we have our offensive line can only get better. We'll build a Heisman campaign around you. For a top 10 team in the country, you got a kid like that, a, a you know, a, a four-year guy. I mean, I could, you know, you could hear some Heisman hype about him if you have a good team. I mean, why would you? And then he could be that first round pick and there's a big difference between getting picked in the third or fifth round and being a fringe you know practice well, squad player or being a first round pick you know and I'm not saying that's going to happen I'm just saying that I, I, I don't I don't see how any team could take him earlier than the third round here third to fifth round I, I don't see how that could happen right as it stands right I, I don't think it there's too many flaws like, I in think his game goes out, he's going to be a third to fifth round pick depending on the yeah. team that wants them and, and, and what other draft needs and agenda they have. Like, um, right. I mean, I, I have NFL people who flat unequivocally tell me that he's a fifth round pick. Now, you know, the, the, the question is, can he, where can he improve? I mean, he's not going to, he's not going to get more athletic, but you know, he can yeah. improve his pocket presence. He can improve the way he uses the pocket and moves around in the pocket. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, but what he's going to probably have to weigh is how much upside he has 
if he does come back. Oh, my God. And, uh, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm watching the Virginia Tech game, which he jinxed. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> so I don't know. It's you a tough Gary? decision, Robert. You know, he's re- he's yeah. got a very tough yeah. decision. And uh, common sense to me says come back, try to get better, um, work on your skills, uh, and you have a decent chance of making a lot more money a year from now than maybe you do right now. But if money is not the concern and he wants to get on with it in the NFL, then I think he'll go. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope he stays. And I think that would, you know, steady the, you know, I, I think Miami would be a top 10 team coming into next year, I think. Pre, preseason, what does that mean? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But I think that that would you know, certainly build a lot of hype. I think it would be good for the whole program if he stayed. But we'll yeah, well, people, what do you got with, I have people with, tell with recruiting? Me they don't good? think it matters. I, uh, people tell me they don't think it matters, that, 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 that it won't have an effect on next year's team. I say baloney to that. Anytime you have to break in a new quarterback um, who's never played before, it, it, it has the capability of having an effect on next year's team. A hundred percent, definitely. I mean, you can't tell me that. Right, exactly. And you're going to talk about this kid, Perry, who you claim to be very good, but I mean, he's, not, he's not even coming in early. So, how? I mean, what can you uh, really Yeah, he won't be on expect? campus until June. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's not yeah. doable. I mean, we saw the linebackers do it this year. Um, you know, a true freshman can get it, can do it, but, I mean, it's not easy. Right, 100%. What do you got with recruiting, Gary? I mean, we've been talking about this all year also that – I mean, I kind of said that they just never that, – that this recruiting class, it could be underrated, and I kind of like some of the kids they're taking. They're not taking these kind of, you know, the sleeper or whatever you want to call it, these, you know, these project kids, which is good. But, I mean, it, it, I don't think it's lived up to the hype that, that I thought we would have seen. I, that, that's no, personally they have some work to do this month. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. They had, you know, they I'm a little disappointed do. in that. If there's one aspect of the – whole transition it's kind of the so far the recruiting yeah i mean i can't argue with that they they def they definitely are going to have to shore up some areas here in the in the month of january no no, no question about right. it all right well we'll see how that plays and they out are, man. They're, I appreciate they're working it. like there's there's three new receivers that are in the recruiting picture right now as we sit here tonight that a week ago you might not have been talking about too much. But you, yeah, but you know what that leads. You know the reason for that. I mean, we know what the reason well, is. They, I mean, lost, that you know, that they lost guys you, they had been recruiting. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you can't right, pick you up. Struck you out can, on, like, you could change gears and pick up good players. I mean, Lawrence Cager was a guy that didn't really get very heavily in the mix with Miami until the very, very end when he signed. No, I, I agree with you. No, I, I agree with that, but. Yeah, it seemed like the, the receiver position, even even last year, seemed to have a little, you know, some, well, they ended up getting Richards, but I think Richards always wanted to come to Miami. He would have come to Miami if you were the coach. I mean, I'm not, not saying that, but I'm just saying that there's always the kids that are always going to come to Miami if the program is in, you know, salvageable shape. But, yeah, I mean, it just seems like they, they don't have that, that marquee, that one recruiter you could rely on to seal a deal. And everyone's, you know, you, you know what that's going to lead to. Everyone could say this and that. Well, they pay, some schools pay, all this crap, whatever it may be. But they don't – I don't think they have that alpha recruiter on the staff, that number one go-to guy that could really change things around. I don't know if you agree disagree, but – Yeah, I would agree. I, I don't think – I mean, that. I don't think anybody's yeah. established themselves yet as that. I, th- I think they have guys that want to be that. Um, 
you know, I think right. Ron Dugans wants to be a great recruiter. I think he he bonds well with kids and, and and can be an impactful recruiter. I think Thomas Brown can be an impactful recruiter. Um, I think Ephraim Banda has a great passion for recruiting and could be a good recruiter. Um, but you know, I think you're right that none of them have established themselves uh, really as as that yet. But um, you know, in terms of the receiver recruiting, the biggest problem right now, I would say, is just that the elite local kids are going to Alabama and Ohio State. <laughs> you know, if, if 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 those kids were staying in South Florida, if you were taking Jerry Judy, who looked unbelievable by the way, the last couple of days when I was out at the Under Armour practices, um, he's every mm-hmm. bit as good as, as as he's ranked and people think he is. Um, if Jerry Judy were going to Miami instead of Alabama, and if Trayvon Grimes were going to Miami instead of Ohio State, and with those two, you're putting DJ Dallas, third guy, and you know maybe this Jordan Pouncey kid from Winter Park, or um, you know, or even if if Harley had decided to come to Miami in, 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 instead of going to West Virginia or whatever, if you were putting the receiver 100%. class together like that. It would be you'd be looking at it obviously totally differently. So the problem is that the elite ones from South Florida are leaving, and that's why you see Miami right now putting enormous effort already into Mark Pope from Miami Southridge, who's going to be one of those um, guys that are considered elite type receivers in next year's recruiting class. Um, Alabama is already trying very hard to get their claws into Pope. Um, and that's why you see Miami right now putting such enormous effort into him to the point where Coach Cooney from Southridge is rumored to be getting a support job at Miami um, because he will help them even more with the kids in the southern part of Dade County where he has all those connections, um, and particularly in the near term at Miami Southridge where there's been so many you know, prospects uh, in in the you know the last year or so, so um, we'll see what happens right. there. No, no announcements have been made in that regard. Um, that's just a well-traveled rumor right now, but it it does look like it's something that might happen. Um, but either way, whether Cooney becomes part of the support staff or not, um, Miami's putting a lot of effort into Mark Pope right now, uh, so that they don't fall behind the way they fell behind with Jerry Judy and Trayvon Grimes. All right. Quick question: Do you see Mullins doing anything next year? Don't know. You know, he's got to grow up. He's he's got to do you know do the right things all the time and get get the confidence of the coaches, and it has to happen by spring practice. So you know, I don't think it's hopeless or, or anything. I mean, I I, I think that um, he is a kid with some ability, um, but I don't think there's a final answer on Mullins right now. I think you, you just got to see right. what happens. Alrighty, Robert. Uh, I'll let you get. I'll let you get to some other people. Thank you very much for jinxing that Virginia Tech game of mine. I really appreciate it. <laughs> All right, man. Then, you saw uh, what happened, by the way, when I yelled at No, I, didn't. I don't have it on. What's the score now? Oh, the guy got through a pick six, 24-21 now, not even in the fourth quarter. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Well, that's that's Arkansas history. You know, they, they've they given up leads yeah. this year. So. Uh, All right, well, yeah. hey, thank no, you. No, I know. I'll talk to you next time. All right, guys. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on like Robert and be part of the show. Let's go now to the 240. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's going on, brother, man? I'm doing great. Who's this? This is D-Black. Hey, what's up, D-Black? Welcome back. No, 
not much, man, not much. Hey, um, you must have a lot to say. You must... at... Oh yeah, yeah. I definitely watched that game last night. I'm uh, I'm super proud of the coaching staff. I'm proud of the players. But I want to give a you know I want to give a special shout out to one player in particular, Malcolm Lewis. Man, he's been through a whole lot, and for him to get a touchdown last night, quite awesome. I felt real. I felt real happy for the for the for the young brother. You hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I. I. I oh. Obviously, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that's hung in there through a lot of ups and downs in his career, and really, the fact that he contributed at times this year the way he did, I think, is yet another tribute to the coaching staff. I mean, they really found a way to get something out of almost every guy on the roster. Exactly, and um, I mean, and what, and you know, and what Coach Rump, Coach Benny has done with those D backs, that goes without saying. Like, Corn Elder has made himself a lot of money. He's 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 played himself into a nice a nice uh, uh good game check every Tuesdays in the NFL. Um, but the way they played last night, they played with that ferocious tenacity that no matter what you do or no matter what happens, we're going to put this foot to your tail and get out of here with a win by any means necessary. And the offense struggled for the first couple series, but they didn't lose confidence. They didn't waver. Once Amal Richards made that one play, it was like, okay, the floodgates are about to open up. You know, and it, it was just a great sight to see and just to see the coaches getting through, the players getting through, and the fans that were there. I'm pretty sure the fans that are on the phone, you know, we just felt good. Like, oh, my God, like, yo, this is what winning feels like to win a bowl game in 10 years. It, it was just, man, it, it was it was awesome. You know, I was here watching it with my sons, and they were super excited. I mean, it was just, it was, it was, like winning the national championship, so to speak, since we haven't won a bowl game in 10 years, and just seeing the play from everybody raise their game up, and even when Pinky went out for the defense to step it up an extra notch to make sure we won that game, it, it says a lot moving, moving forward into the future. It just says a lot. Well, I, I think – D. Black, I think that um, West Virginia was a little overwhelmed by how badly Miami wanted to win. Um, and oh, yeah. Dana Holgerson kind of referred to it after the game. Uh, it, it, it was quite noticeable that the game meant a lot more to Miami than it did to West Virginia. Not an excuse for them getting dominated the way they did. It's just, it, it just it's more of a tribute to the effort that Miami players put into the ball game. And, uh, you know, they wanted it bad. And, you know, after they won it, uh, I don't know how much of it they showed on television, but uh, did they show you the trophy presentation and things like that on, nah, on TV? Nah, they, yeah, nah, so you didn't, didn't get to see any they, of that. But I got, I got to tell you something. The, the the degree of happiness that you saw out there, I mean, it was like those kids won the national title. Uh, I don't think right. whoever wins the national title will have any more spirited and any more passionate of a post-game celebration than the Miami players had last night. Right, right. I, I, and I, I agree with you. And, you know, 
Joe Jackson is going to be an absolute monster once he gets. I don't know. How, lot, I don't know how they get him off the field. Quite honestly, <laughs> I, I don't know why. Right. I mean, I don't know how he spends so much time on the sideline. I mean, that kid to yeah. me is, is is it could be Daniel Stubbs. Um, I mean, he he had I think eight and a half nine sacks this year uh, in very right. part time duty. I mean, can you imagine if he played more? Exactly. And and if you watched last night, they couldn't block him. No. They could not block him. It was, it was like whenever he was ready to get to the quarterback, he got there at will. At will. Yeah, I don't know how they took take mean, him off the it, field. It's going to be interesting next year when he's even better. I mean, you know, he's going to go through the right. off-season con- conditioning program now. He's going to get stronger. Um, you know, that, that that's a superstar in the, right there. I mean, that kid's going to be big time. And you know, with and even and even Chad Thomas showed glimpses last night of what he could be, of that five star rating he got. He showed glimpses last night, and with the with the two defensive ends that we got coming in, you know, it's it's open season on all on all pass throwers next year, Jack. I'm telling you, it's it's open season, you know, and those three freshman linebackers are going to do nothing but get better. Well, another thing is we get linebacker depth coming back. Hopefully, you know, Owens gets healthy with his knee. Um, who's the other linebacker that got hurt with his knee? Was it Nick Gardner or something like that? Jerry? Jerry? What, the, he was playing that, middle. He was playing the mic back. Number, number 52, he, uh, hurt his, he hurt his knee in, like, one of the opening games. Oh, Jamie Gardner, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Gordon. Yeah, boy, that was so long. Hopefully, that was so long ago. I had a, I had a pause for a minute. But yeah, he'll be back. He'll be back in the mix next year. Right. Exactly. So now, you know, we we can get some depth at that position. And Coach Rick, you know, I'm confident that he will secure this recruiting class. And I was checking out the board earlier how, you know, the Notre Dame commit is where the decommit from Notre Dame. How he's starting to. I think we're gonna get him and whoever else. So. I mean, everything is on. It's on the upswing. The pendulum is moving definitely in a positive direction. But uh, I'm just like, yo, I, I can't wait for it to get here. But I'm being patient. But I'm just so happy that we finally got this win. And I'm, a, I'm always proud of my Hurricanes. I walk around proud whether we win or we lose. I walk around proud. I throw up my view. I talk trash with win or lose. And last night, oh, yeah, I was – yeah, I was on the phone with everybody talking about pay me my money. <laughs> pay me my money. <laughs> you owe me. Pay me my money. So, I mean, so I know you've been at the Under Armour practice, Gary. How's uh, Navon Donaldson looking up there? Unbelievable. Uh, without question, one of the more farther along Freshman recruits that's come into the program going back many many years. I mean, the the only offensive lineman that I've seen that that looks as good as he looks right now, uh, coming into 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 his freshman year. Um, well, I mean, Eric Flowers I thought was pretty darn good coming in when he came in. Um, I mean, obviously Bryant McKinney was pretty good when he came in, but he was already an older kid. I mean, he had already 
Um, he was but, already uh, a couple years older than than Navon Donaldson is right now. I mean, this kid looks like an NFL lineman right now, and and he's he's really far along in his technique and things like that. And um, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to start next year. I think he's going to start as a true freshman in his first year. Well, that'll be good, and he'll be here in the spring, so he'll be he'll go through he'll go through the uh, you know the off season conditioning, the mat drills, and stuff like that. A um, couple yep. more things, and I'm gonna let you go. I, I know you got a bunch of people on, so a couple more things. One, uh, do you think we get one of the two of the linemen from uh, Heritage? And just talk about the game that Cornelder played on "quote unquote" West Virginia's best receiver, who said he was gonna make him uh, go undrafted this year. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, Corn Corn was great. I thought he was great all year, and he was great last night. Uh, and I think you're right what you said earlier. I think he did make himself a lot of money this year. Uh, in terms of those offensive linemen, man, I'll tell you, it's really tough to make predictions on those two because they don't talk very much. But I'm hearing Michigan, Florida, and Miami. And um, I, I think it's going to be a battle right down to the end. Um, you know, I mean, Herbert – is been committed to Michigan. Uh, a lot of people think that he might end up at Florida. Um, you know that Miami has the best shot at Slayton, but uh, you know I just think it's all still to be determined. Uh, I don't think that 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 one is even remotely close right now as we sit here tonight right. to being decided. And they're they're both going to visit in January, and after those visits, and after the coaches make a few more home visits. I think that's when we'll have a better feel for what's going on with those guys. And who's you said you said it's three you said it was three other receivers that are in the picture now. I know one of them is Pouncy, but who's the other two? Um, well, we yeah we wrote about them the, the, the last couple days. Uh, I, I think um, there's a kid by the name of Cameron Buckley from Setter Hill, oh, yeah. uh, Texas. Okay, yeah, I, um, I saw that. A, yes, I saw te- that. Yeah, he's a Texas A&M commit. Um, and then there's uh-huh. a kid. Uh, from East St. Louis by the name of Jeff Thomas, a little skinny uh, receiver, kind of like similar yeah. similar size to Harley. I mean, I don't know if he'll really end up making the cut when they really get into him. I mean, I, I saw him up at Under Armour the, you know, this week, and, I mean, he's got real thin legs and is not really – he's nowhere near as developed an athlete as the other guys they're recruiting. Uh, so I'll, I'll be surprised if he ends up making the cut. Um, but uh, – Buckley, there's a real chance that he'll visit, even though he's committed to Texas A&M. And um, I think they're going to get Jordan Pouncey from Winter Park. Uh, uh, he, he committed this week from Notre Dame, and uh, he was at the game last night. He's going to visit Miami, and uh, I, I think there's a, I think they got a really good chance to get him. Okay, one more thing, two more things. Gary, Virginia Tech just scored. They're winning 20, 28 to 24. And, um, <laughs> And yeah, who Robert, do you Robert, think Matt, he's, Robert's going to blame me <laughs> for jinxing his bet? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey Rob, I hope you didn't. I hope, hey, Rob, I hope you didn't put a lot of. I hope you didn't put a lot of. How uh, a lot of money down on this game? But um, one more thing, Gary, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you go, champ. Um, who do you think DJ Dallas was referring to when he said we have a commit, but no one knows it yet? He's already committed, but no one knows it yet, and it's on the offensive side. Hmm. Um, he may be McFarland. 
you know, I'm just I'm I'm just guessing that could be somebody he was talking about. Um, maybe he thinks right. Bouncy is coming, uh, which is a possibility. Uh, I would say he's a possibility. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe he knows something about the <laughs> one of those offensive linemen that we don't. But uh, you know, we didn't press him on it. We didn't we didn't want to put the pressure on him uh, to spill somebody else's beans. Um, you know, DJ Dallas is a good kid. He's been great with us. So, but uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the the ones I just mentioned would be my guesses. Right. All right okay. Uh, Gary, I appreciate it. Keep me a hold. And like I said, the Thank pendulum is definitely moving in a show. positive direction. You got it, man. Thank you again. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. You hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go to the six seven eight. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You doing what you're doing now? So Are you with us? So you're talking to the wife? All right, I'm going to come back to you in a minute. Hopefully you get your act together. Let's go to the 917. You're live on KSB hey, Live. Hey, Gary. What's up? BK Hurricane. What's up, BK? How you doing, man? You enjoy the game last uh, night? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, man. I was sick at work just thinking about that game, just looking at all the trash talking that West Virginia was doing. I was literally sick. Couldn't wait to get home yeah, I don't to watch get that. the game. Like I don't get what they were what they were thinking. Like, well, what was the point of all that nonsense that they were trying to stir up up there? I I think that they were just, you know, they saw their 14th ranked record, uh, you know, their 14th rank ra- rating, whatever it was, and they thought that Miami was beneath them. You know, so yeah. I guess that's what that, that was all about. Much into it. They may have just been boys having fun. You know, I mean, it's 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 natural trash talk. I mean, you know, hey, corn, I'm going to destroy your NFL draft status. Like, you know, I mean, that could be just boys yeah. being boys. Yeah, but the Canes kept their cool though, which was the good part about it. You know, <laughs> you know, the Canes kept their cool, but you know, I'm just glad they came out, had a good performance, set the tone for for you know for the spring. You know, but just a quick couple of things, you know, like even, um, you know, I was looking at, uh, you know, our class so far, and I think those three freshman linebackers we have coming in, I think they're going to make an impact, especially the Jennings kid. I really like that Jennings kid. I think it was from Jacksonville or something like that. Yeah. Brandon, uh, Brandon it, Jennings? Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be as easy that linebacker to make an impact coming in as it was this year because, of the, you know, all those guys are solidified now. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, Jennings will provide depth next year, I think. Mm-hmm. And, like I yeah, and Steed, I, I don't see Steed being a factor next year, and I personally don't see Wilder being a factor next year. Steed is hurt, right? Am I correct? Like, he's yeah, he's coming off like an injury. That? I think he's going to need time. Um and Wilder, I think, has to develop a little bit more physically. I mean, I, I don't. I'd be very surprised if if he's big time in the mix next year. It wasn't like a tweener I think, no. anyway, like a safety slash. He is for me. I like think, we'll see. A tweener. We'll see. Yeah, I think he is, but we'll see how it plays out. You know. Okay. Uh, like quick thing. Uh, you know, like it was, You know, I got to it with a lot of guys on the message board like earlier this week. You know, when when I got into it, but you know. Long conversation was a long string about uh, the importance of having Kaya back uh, next year, you know. And uh, I think it's more you bring Kaya, you know, you, hopefully they could convince him or hopefully he decides to come back next year so you could develop a 
quarterback for 2018. You know, so they could really concentrate on developing the the next quarterback for 2018 because 2018 is is big for us. It's big. I kind of mentioned it. We have LSU on the schedule in 2018. Every year is big. I mean, well, every year is big now. I, I mean, the you know the program took a big I mean, step forward last night. Every year is yes, big now. There's no not big yes, years. Yes, we got the West Virginia thing off our back because they laid it on that, that started off this uh, this downward trend for us. And as LSU capitalized that in that uh, bowl game where they beat us 40 to nothing. So we, we got one curse out the way. We're going to get that LSU curse out the way in 2018. But next year it's important because we – I was looking at the schedule for next year. I don't think there's one game where we'll be the underdog next year, maybe Florida State. Oh, you'll definitely be an underdog at Florida State. Yeah, Florida State. That's it. I'm looking at the schedule. I'm like, if we get Kaya back, especially with what we have, we shouldn't be an underdog in any game. And it's, next it'll year be we're similar to this year. Florida State. It's going to be similar to this year. I mean, there wasn't a game. Figured it out now. There was not a game this year that Miami was outclassed by any, not by anybody. Yeah, but in that four-game stretch, I think it was more Mark Rick still still trying to get an idea of what he was working with. And yeah, I agree. Realized it a little too late, but now he knows. They had it too easy the first the first four weeks, and and it gave them a false sense. It gave them a false sense of what they were. There's no doubt in my yeah. mind. And 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 losing the Florida State game, even after outplaying Florida State, polluted the whole thing because now you have a loss. Then the next week against Carolina, you've got a mental and physical hangover from that game. Um, you know, then you're going on the road to play Virginia Tech on a Thursday night, so you're not, you know, you're not as prepared as you'd want to be. Uh, you know, you're still a little mentally and physically in the tank. And then you go to play a Notre Dame team that you're way better than and found a way to screw that one up. So, right. yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't think we'll be having that problem next year because I think Mark Rick, he's not, he's not a stubborn coach. You know, he, he didn't decide to, hey, let me just stick with this run game and this ridiculous RPO thing he was doing with Brad Kaya, you know, during that four-game stretch. You know, he got rid of that. He said, well, you know, I think we, you know, you know, we don't have the offensive line to have the power running game that he, that we're used to under Mark Rick when he was at Georgia. So he's not a stubborn guy, which which is what I really appreciated the most about Mark Rick because we had that with the whole Al Golden regime, stubborn guys, unwilling to change, trying to force feed a system on a bunch of kids that aren't cut out for that system, you know, so – all in all, I was very proud of the coaching staff more than anything last night. Manny Diaz, how he didn't win that Broyles Award is just just blows my mind. Like the best uh, was it coordinator of the year? How Manny Diaz didn't win that just 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 blew my people, blew me away. The people who make the choice just weren't paying enough attention. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I guess so. Well, you know, I'm just hoping that uh, regardless of Brad Kaya stays or goes, we could solidify, you know, the quarterback position next year that could set us up for the future. Because, you know, whether he goes this year or next year, we're seeing the end of Brad Kaya in some way, shape, or form. 
no doubt. All right, well, hey, thank yeah, you for well, being part of the show. Yeah, that's Gary. Thanks a lot. Give me you a got it, man. Yeah, I will uh, talk to you next time. All right, let's go back out and give them one more shot. Let's go to the 678. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? I know I was hey, on. You already came. You clicked. I already came to you. Who's this? Oh, this is uh, Jackie. <laughs> hey, what's up, Jackie? Yeah, you were you were uh, conducting business I think, with, the, with the misses over there or something. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Hey. Um, so what's up? What you got for us? Um. All right. Good I um. I was um wanting to know about a little bit about recruiting, right? You was you basically hit on it. I wanted to know about the Jeff Thomas kid. And um, yeah, you know, because you said just about like, him. To me, he's too skinny. His leg, he's got little pencil legs and stuff. I'll be surprised if he ends up making the cut. But we'll see. But the be at the, I'm used to, the be at the he's not a bad armor player. Game. He's an okay player, but he's not. You know, he's just not that big. And I'm not sure he's Is fast. He fast? I mean, he's oh, he's receiver right. fast, but I'm not sure he's he's not like four four or four three or anything. I don't think. It, it didn't look that way to me when I saw him running around. I know. Um kid from Louisiana like a couple years ago. I think his name was Charlotte. And we were like, he was, you know, I guess he was on the radar, but when he got in the, on the armor game, he, he, he showed out a little bit, and then that's when he blew up, and then he ended up going to Alabama or whatever. But he was a little yep. dude, look, like a little kick returner type, but you know, slot, like a Roscoe Parrish-like type of player. Who might hardly yeah, I'm not to be. sure this kid has that type of ability. I mean, he's a good player. I mean, Rivals made him a four star, but I mean, we'll see that. You know, they're talking to him. He's interested. I mean, right now, his best other option is Illinois. So, you know, we'll that's see. saying a lot, right there. Yeah. Um, what about yeah. uh, with Mike Harley? Is he a grade casualty? I think I read that on the board. He, like oh, I mean, they, mentioned he that a couple times. He just decided to go to West Virginia. I don't, I don't know if he's having second thoughts or, or I know I'd be if I were him, but um, he just decided he was going to West Virginia. Uh, that kind of seems suspect. Did did the big three offer him? No, not at no. Miami, only in state school. I think Miami was the Miami one. Miami was the, the only one. Yeah, a lot of a lot of schools don't like to take little receivers. Oh. Okay. You know, little yeah. little receivers tough time in college. Um, what's going on with Haskins? The Giovanni? Yeah. Is well, he, will he, he be bad? He was, he was suspended, you know, for for the bowl game. He went to play it anyway. Um, you know, he's a kid that's got to get his act together. You know, there's a few of them. You know, they they they, they, they got to get their got to get their act together, or they're going to fall by the wayside. Because I was looking at the tight end spot, like the tight end dealt after next season, you know, with Njoku leaving this year, uh, Chris Herndon, uh-huh. he'll senior next year, a four a four year senior. Um, that leaves what Irvin Haskins and and the guy coming in now, right? So that'll leave us with three. If Haskins is you know kicked off the team, that'll leave us with like only two tight ends, a freshman, a true freshman, and a red shirt freshman. Did Irvin red shirt this year? Or he, did he? Did they burn his shirt on special teams? Uh, yeah, he get his shirt burned. But um, but okay, you know, I don't. 
I don't think Haskins – I haven't heard that he's in danger of getting kicked off the team or anything. I think he got suspended for the bowl game. Oh, that was um, only, you know, he, the only It could have been – you know, they don't talk about these things too much, but it, it could have gone back to the deal that when he was involved with Sam Bruce – you know, oh, Sam Bruce right. well, got arrested um, after, a few days after he he got the boot. He, he was arrested in South Miami for marijuana. And I, I yeah. think Haskins was one of the kids that was with him. Oh. oh yeah. Okay. So, okay. Um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, uh, you know, Mark Rick doesn't really talk too much about his discipline. But, uh, you know, my guess is he'll have a chance to get his act together. And if he doesn't. They'll give him the boot like they gave Sam Bruce very quickly. You know they're not right. interested in having problem child, problem children in this program, and I don't blame them. Right, right, one hundred percent behind that. Um, with 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 Navon Donaldson, do you see um, do you see a Leon Cersei type of anchor in him? I really do. Moving yeah, forward, that's exactly, is, that, is that a big? Yeah, that's that's, that's a good analogy yeah. too. Leon Cersei is, is you know he's that type of kid, no doubt. He's going to be. A, I think he's going to be a three-year starter. He's going to be a three-year starter at Miami, and then he'll, I think he'll go into the league. That kid's, you know, just, he's just very impressive. Hey, and then you know that's that's always been Miami when we was at the top. You know, we could talk about a cornerback, uh, a wide receiver here and there, but when Miami had an O line who moved people out the way and we run the football, because I mean Stephen McGuire, he got like he ain't. What McGahee, that old line was there moving people out of the way, and you and we ran the ball down people's throats, and then that opened up a pass, a, a, you know, pass from attack. But with, with the old line, we got to get, but we got to get one of the heritage boys, I think, in, in order for us to be back to, you know, competing for the ACC, not just to get there, but to win it. Next year, looking at the ACC next year, we may have to play Florida State twice um, for the championship. I don't know how good Louisville will be with, you know, Lamar Jackson coming back after he, you know, won the Heisman to, to, to you know, duplicate this season next year. That's that's asking a lot. And Florida State defense is supposed to be pretty good, you know. Then, they, you know, you just got the Cam Akers boy to go along with Francois, who is legit. I don't see, you know, too much coming out. Uh, Trubisky gone from UNC. So they'll have to break in a new quarterback. Um, they they also lose a lot on defense. On a couple receivers, they'll lose. Um, but V Tech, they'll they'll be our game. That'll be the game to decide that the coastal, I believe. But looking at the other side, I just see I don't see Clemson. You know, I think they lose too much this year for them to be back in the mix to say you know they'll beat Florida State. Um, moving forward, that's uh, that's probably about our, our two games that we have to win that year to, to win the conference, just being honest, like in terms of VTech at home, we should win that. And going to Florida State, if you know, we have to have Kaya. I don't see us going to, to Tallahassee and beating them um, with, with Jack Allison or uh, Malik or even Perry. I know Perry is legit a uh, superstar um in the making, possibly, you know, if everything, you know, turn out to go the way it, it should go with him. But year one, I don't see him being that type. I don't see him going to Tallahassee and winning. I see Kaya is the only quarterback on our roster who 
legitimately, you know, can go into dope and win that football game. Um, but you know, I guess we we'll see what's going on down the road with the O line. You know, having you know Donaldson locked in already. I think we we got to get one of the heritage uh run the Heritage Boys, and, and then we should be pretty much set. Or we can get Bateman out of um, Alabama, too. So, I mean, the O-line, that's the problem that held us back. For, in my opinion, that was our biggest issue with winning the ACC this year. It had nothing to do with our cornerback. Um, maybe a little doubt, but for the most part, all our problems came because our O-line was getting whooped. And when you're getting the O-line getting whooped, that's how you average two yards a carry because you can't run the ball. So you, you, you're pretty much one-dimensional. And now, you know, teams get to tee off and run free at Brad. So, you know, hopefully we get that squared away. Um, you could just put me on hold. That's why I just wanted to uh, touch. I wanted to really find out about the Jeff Thomas kid. I see, I see, you know, he pop up on the radar and hadn't heard from him all year. So, uh, anything on well, them. So I, just, I, I think they're looking at a lot. They're looking for to expand the the base of receivers that they're recruiting, and I think they're taking a look at the kids that are not committed right now. And Jeff Thomas was one of them. And, no, and how, just, seri- okay. how serious they are about him is yet to be determined. I think. But wouldn't Coach Cool have a good inside track to that? That's what I, right. I would be thinking. Coach Cool would, would have the inside track to Jeff Thomas being, you know, East St. Louis, and you know, nah, all the years he recruited that area. I would. I don't know. I mean, I would say not necessarily uh, okay. to that. Okay. All right, Junkie. Well, that's it for me, man. Thank, right. thank, thank you for being part Give of the show. And we'll, uh, yep, we'll talk to you next time. All right, guys. I'm going to take a moment now to talk about our sponsor for tonight's show. And it's a company that you've heard me talk a lot about the last few years. They've, they've been a, a loyal supporter of Kane Sport Live. And the reason for that is so many Canes fans out there have gotten into the shaving craze with products produced by Harry's. And uh, by now, you know, you, you've heard me talk about the great German-engineered razors. You've heard me talk about the, the great uh, – shaving cream products they have and and aftershave products the 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 post-shave bomb that just take your shaving experience to a whole nother level uh hundreds of listeners to cane sport live are out there shaving every morning with harry's razors and everywhere i go whether it's orlando um or coral gables i always seem to run into a cane sport subscriber or cane sport live listener who points out, hey, you know, hey, I got those razors from Harry's and I really like them. And, uh, you know, Harry's has has really been a big hit with the Canes fan. And uh, the thing I love most about shaving with Harry's products is the, the closeness, uh, the comfortable glide, the quality of those German engineered um, blades. And uh, you've heard me talking for the last several weeks about that, fantastic offer that they had put together for the holidays um, with those gift shave sets. And uh, they were so popular that Harry's called a couple days ago and they said, Gary, you know what? We've got some of these gift shave sets left and we would like to offer them, even though it's after the holidays, we would like to offer them for one more week to your listeners on Kane Sport Live who have not gotten into the Harry's craze yet. So that brings us to tonight where 
Um, Harry's once again has a special offer for fans of the show, and they will give you five dollars off your order when you enter the code Canes at checkout. And uh, those gift shades shave sets they start at just fifteen dollars. They all come with a razor handle of your choice, shaving cream, replacement blades, and a travel cover. Um, their Winston set includes an engravable chrome handle if you want to add a personalized touch. So go to harrys.com, check out the gift sets that are still on their website. You enter in the code CANES at checkout, C-A-N-E-S, and they will give you $5 off your order. Um, so go to harrys.com right now, and don't forget to enter that code CANES to get your $5 off. That's harrys.com, code CANES, take your shaving experience to a whole new level with all the great products that Harry's produces. You won't be sorry that you did just like I haven't been. All right, let's get back to the show. 646-595-2048, as always, is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. And we're going to continue on now to the 706, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, Gary? This is Sebastian, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Sebastian? I'm doing pretty good, man. I was so good to see the Canes really beat a a a good opponent. You know, that's the one thing Al Golden never had. He never had a signature win. And Mark Rich was able to accomplish that in his first year. We need to think about that for a second because prime time on television, I mean, and they dominated once Amon Richard made that touchdown. It seemed like they became a, a totally different team. A couple of things I want to just point out, too, is is some of the things that I saw this year from the team was just improvement by so many different players. And it seems like you alluded to earlier how he just got so much out the team. And I, I'll give you a prime example. Um, players like number 57, I can't think of that linebacker. I mean, I thought he was just going to be a straight dud. But, I mean, he contributed Mike, Mike this Smith, year. Mike Smith, yep. Mike, Mike Smith, he contributed this year. Um, I don't know what happened to number 34. I don't know if he got hurt, but he, he didn't, I, I didn't see him much. But, you know, th- th- that, that was one player. Um, I thought they got a lot out of Stacey Kohler this year. I mean, you know, he wasn't a deep threat, and I think sometimes I don't know why they didn't do that. But as far as underneath routes and showing up in big games, I think he made a lot of money this year. I mean, I think he can, he's going to get on an NFL team. And they can continue to develop him. Corn Elder was just phenomenal. I mean, just I mean, there was a there was an article where no receiver had more than fifty yards uh catching all year on Corn Elder. I mean, just I mean I'm not saying he was, he was a great. lockdown corner, but I mean he just played He was he pretty close great, you know? I mean he, 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 he just played great. But 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 what I wanted you to talk about is I want you to just talk about because I've said it before Miami's never going to get nowhere unless they have a coach with championship pedigree, and Mark Rick has that. And this is what I mean by that is he was just calm all through the year. He was just a steady hand. He knew he had a good pulse on the team in regards to what they needed to do. And I thought his comments at the half was just spot on when he just said they're just whipping us at the line of scrimmage. You know we have to find a way to get something out the run game so we can get continue to make some balance, but it's like the it's like the players believe they had a coach that knew what they were doing. Could you talk a little bit about that? I I, I agree. I you know, listen, first year 
He knows he's not going anywhere. He's got a six-year contract. He's making $4 million a year. He, he was brought here to bring the Miami program back. And bringing the Miami program back is not a one-year project, okay? It's a multi-year deal. He's in it for the long haul. He's, he's building the program the right way. And I don't think he put a lot of pressure on himself about this season. And I think that's why he looks so calm no matter what happened throughout the whole year. Um, obviously, you know, he's a coach. He's, he, he's trying to win every single game and, and didn't really put a ceiling on what he felt the team could do. But, you know, let's face it, the, the offensive line was pretty average this year, and it was going to be hard. You know, you, you certainly weren't going to sit there and think national championship you know, the, with, with the quality that you have at that position. And it's very hard to run a consistent offense week after week if you don't have a really good offensive line. And, uh, you know, everybody looks at Alabama competing for the national title every year. Well, it starts up front, and, and, and they always have yeah. great offensive lines yeah. and, and defensive lines. And, yeah. um, but, but, you know, to, to get more direct to your question and not get all wordy here, uh, I think that he had a, uh, just a, a relative state of calm. And, and I think that's why you saw that out of him this year. And he was methodically, you know, going about his business and obviously uh, the losing spell in the middle, I'm sure threw him for a little bit of a loop. You know, I don't think anybody expected to lose four straight games in the middle of the, of the season. Um, but he, you know, I thought he did a really good job adjusting and, and, the last five games, I, I thought he, he he was great. And if Mark Rick can sustain his level of coaching that he gave you the last five games over the long haul of an entire season and then multiple seasons, this program is going to get pretty darn good again. And uh, you see where the defense is going. He, you know, he made a great hire in Manny Diaz. And, uh, you know, people are going to notice and people are going to take shots and want to hire Manny Diaz away. But I, I don't think he'll leave. I really don't. I, I think Manny Diaz has bounced around. He he understands this business. He understands how how fast you can go from the penthouse to the outhouse as a coach. And yeah. I don't think he's interested yeah. in bouncing all over the place anymore. I mean, this is a guy yeah. that a couple of years ago was at Louisiana Tech, okay? So, yeah. You know, and, and, he, and, he, yeah. and he did two stints at Mississippi State. So, you know, I don't – you know, I think that he's got a nice foundation here and he's got a good thing going. And if he could coach at the level that he coached these last five games um, and stretch it out over the long haul, uh, then I, I think, you know, you really have something here. And, 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 that, and, the, and the onus is going to be on him to do that. And I think the expectations of him doing that are, are going to get more pronounced with each passing year. Gary, I, to- I totally agree with that. And, and what I want to add to that, because I know you got a lot of callers on there, is just the way the defense played fast. They were always in position. They were never outmatched. The last three years, it was so hard watching Miami. I mean, we would get in third and two, third and four, and I never had confidence we would ever stop them. I never saw defense. And I've talked about this on the show. I never saw our D tackles make plays behind the line of scrimmage. And they do that consistently in this defense. I mean, they're tackling ball carriers, disrupting stuff. And the defense this year, we have to say as Canes fans, impacted games. The defense that we put on the field impacted games. The games that we won, the defense had an impact. They were doing things that disrupted the other offense and really kind of created that. So I just want to say hats off to the team and everything that they've done, I want to transition to a couple of things I want to point out. I'm looking at our recruiting, and I just think there's two areas we need to shore up. That's the wide receiver and that's the cornerback spot. Now, 
I'm looking at Brian Edwards, I'm looking at Henderson, I'm looking at Javante Dean, and I'm thinking if they all want to come to Miami, I think we need to find spots for them. I mean, we're just going to be so weak in the secondary next year. I don't see how you turn any of those guys down. I, I, I'd love to have the heritage guys on the offensive line, but if we get none of them, if those three guys in the secondary want to come to Miami, we got to find spots for them. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. The other area that I see that we need to find spots for is those wide receivers. We need to have at least four wide receivers in this class. We got one. I think we have two. I think we're going to get that Notre Dame decommit. But I really believe the crown jewel of the class, and I don't know what you think about it or what you feel about it. If we get that kid from Louisiana, I just think, I mean, I mean, he, to me, he's Devontae, just a game yeah, I, I just think I nah, just think I don't think that was think, looking real good right now. I don't know. We'll see. You know, I I know I know, and unless we pull a woolly out our hat or whatnot, but even if we don't get them, if we just get four solid receivers, and we get that transfer from the Notre the Notre Dame transfer, I think we'll be okay. Nobody talks about like Rodney Scott, so I don't know if there's any type of like sleepers in South Florida we could pick up on. Give me some hope in regards. And that aspect, and I did not ask my, answer my last question. I don't have it. I don't have it right now. You know, I, I I think DJ Dallas will be a receiver. Um, obviously, of evidence, Nujoku. I agree with you that I, I think they're going to get Jordan Pouncey. Um, who your fourth guy is going to be, I don't know yet. You know, we'll see. We need that fourth guy. We really, really, we really, really need that fourth guy. Now, I, I, now I want to start talking about next year recruiting. That that Pope kid, he's the real deal. He is the real deal. And I work around a lot of Alabama fans, and I tell them all the time, Alabama's not Alabama without Cooper. They're not Alabama without Calvin Ridgely, and they're going to get Judy. But if we can nab Pope for next year, and you talked about it a little bit, those are the those are the game changers when I look at the season going forward saying, you know what, I can know where our tickets are going to be when it comes time for bowl season. Because those are, those, are, those are not just every kid. Those are kids that step on campus that turns out to be like a Yachil Green, that, I mean, from the time they step on campus, they really, really changes your whole entire program. So if you could just talk a little bit about that and talk a little bit about if we can't do anything else in recruiting, just two or three guys we just need to nail down that are really just kind of solidified class. Just talk about those two areas. Put me on hold. Want to wish you a happy new year. But if you could just talk a little bit about that, I need to have some hope because I'm just so geeked well, about how we the, finish the first thing the season. I'll, the first thing I'll do uh, to give you some hope is tell you that Mark Pope was in the house last night. And uh, he I made the he trip was. up from South yeah, he made the trip up from South Florida, and I thought that was a really no. good sign that you know he was interested enough to do that. And uh, I know they're working him very, very hard. And um, you know, one of the coaches from Southridge could be getting a, a staff position at Miami, not because he's delivering Mark Pope or anything like that, but it's certainly not going to hurt. Um, but you know, I, I thought it was a good sign that he made the trip to Orlando. So that's, that, that's, that's what I can give you hope on in terms of Mark Pope. Um, in terms of the receiver recruiting, um, I'll be honest with you, I have not studied Jordan Pouncey a ton 
to this point. I, I was pretty busy with other stuff this week as, as he emerged big time in the Miami picture. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go look, I'm gonna look at some tape of him in the next day or two, and I'll be able to give a better opinion on Pouncey. I know you know obviously I know he was committed to Notre Dame, and is considered a quality kid. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I do think that he'll be part of this recruiting class, and from there, you know, I'm not really sure. You know, I I think the the Cameron I'll Buckley I'll kid is committed to A&M. I think they'll get him the visit. Um, I think if they w- decide they want to, I think they can get the Jeff Thomas kid to visit. Um, and and there there might end up being one or two more that we don't know about right now that could emerge here in in the last month of recruiting as they because exp- what happens is kids are being recruited by schools and they think they're going somewhere and then those schools fill up and now those kids are suddenly starting from scratch again. And, and this is about the time of year where that happens. And, you know, Jeff Thomas right. is a perfect, perfect example. Um, you know, he thought he was going to Alabama or Missouri. Well, Alabama was never really serious about recruiting him and Missouri ended up dropping him when they, um, you know, committed towards somebody else. So, um, you know, right now he's left sitting there looking at Illinois and now Miami comes along and says, hey, you know, we're interested in talking to you and, and see if there's some mutual interest. And naturally, when all you've got is Illinois on your plate, you, you know, you're going to – you might you might have an interest in looking at a Miami, which is obviously a little bit of a more high-profile program, even though you're from East St. Louis. So um, hey, hey, Gary, I, 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 I think I, there could be some new kids. I, I, I got to tell you this. I think the crown jewel – when it comes to uh, signing day, though, it's two kids I think that's going to land in Miami's lap. I think the Henderson kid is going to get to Miami. I just have a feeling about him. I think he's going to look at he's going to look at Florida. He's going to look at Alabama. But when you see we're going to put Cornell that as a second or a third round draft pick, and see what kind of defense we're running here, and you know Florida stack that cornerback, it's not that like he's going to land on campus and he's going to be a starter from day one. But if he looks at the depth chart at Miami and know what they really, really need, they need that length, they need that speed, at cornerback, I think he's going to fall in our lap. We'll talk about it on signing day, unless you tell me something different. I just have a sense that Henderson is going to, for some reason, turn back our way. The other kid that I think is going to end up in our lap is probably the Slayton kid from uh, American Heritage. Um, they don't talk a whole lot, but if we end up with those two, I don't care whatever happens to the rest of the group class, I'll be satisfied. Uh, elaborate on that if you'd like to. I appreciate it. Keep me on hold. You've done a great job this year. Um, are we going to have another show uh, between yeah, now we'll and signing day, like every we'll week? Have or? Shows, we'll have shows on the, uh, let's see, January, January 24th and January 31st we'll have shows. Okay. The thirty first. And that's a, that's right before that'd be so that'd be before signing day and then we'll have a show on signing yeah. day, right? Okay. No, we'll have a show well, I we'll, we'll have a show the night before signing day. Signing day is anticlimactic. Oh. We'll already know who's signing, so for the most oh, okay. part. I thought yeah. we were gonna have a show just to kinda of evaluate like who we got and stuff like that. No, and all no, that other good no, stuff. No, because Miami plays Florida State in basketball that night, so Okay. Uh, we're not gonna have a show. Hey, will you, when you when you when you see the coaching staff, tell them they did a good job. They made a lot of Canes fans happy this year. We didn't we didn't get what we wanted, but what we saw on the field definitely gives us hope and optimism. I can't imagine what spring ball is going to look like. I can't imagine what the first game of the season is going to look like. I'm talking about uh, there's a lot of excited people out there from what we see on the field. 
It's not about what we hear, but it's what we see on the field. When I see people like Norton and McIntosh play with, like, reckless abandon, I mean, they look like future NFL players, you know. And mm-hmm. when they first got into the program, I didn't think that. So keep me on hold. Appreciate you it, it man. man. Great job this year. Thanks. And uh, just keep me on hold, all right? You got it. Thanks for all the comments. Uh, great call. All right, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We're going to move on now to the 845. You're live on Sport Live. Gary, how you doing? Hey, what's up, Greg? You, did you make it home? Um, yeah. I got home just in time to watch that first quarter of that game last night. That was unwatchable football, wasn't it? Wait a minute. You didn't, you didn't go to the game in Orlando? Yeah, I went to the game. But oh, I, okay. I watched. The reason I got I was in the queue and I got off. I wanted to watch it over again before I got on. Oh, okay. So what anyway, did you see the second time? Uh, I saw that uh, Brad Kaya looked like the worst quarterback in the history of football in the first quarter. And he threw two interceptions that got called back that were awful decisions. But after that, he did pick it up. He had good protection. And he can put, if he gets protection, he's great. If not, not so much. Greg McElroy said he, he needs to come back. Yeah, he does. I mean, from every common sense standpoint, he needs to come back. But if he decides that he wants to go and that he doesn't care that he's leaving so-called money on the table, then he might go. I hear it's 50-50. You know, I, I, I hear that he goes back and forth. And that it Nobody could go that gets drafted in the middle rounds gets any money. You need to be in the first round to get money, and he is not going to be in any first round. Even the second so round, you're better you off you, coming back. You, you know, yeah, even if you get drafted in the second round, if you're a quarterback, you could still, you know, get a four or five million dollar contract. So, all right, okay. I mean, sometimes, now, even, sometimes even more. So, no. Obviously, yesterday I was at the Under Armour practice. I saw you there. And to me, Donaldson looked every bit as good as that Wilson kid and that Leatherwood kid. I I don't see any difference. Okay, so he he should be a five-star. If they're five-stars, he's a five-star. Yeah, I think he's a (laughs) five-star. If I were doing the ranking, he'd be a five-star. Maybe we'll be able to run the ball next year behind him because we couldn't run it last night. Well, I think you'll. Anyway, I think they'll. I think they'll put him right in that right guard spot where Isadora is leaving. I thought he said he wants to play right tackle. Well, he probably does, but you're going to have uh, Sonny Adagwu back. You're going to have Tyree St. Louis back. Uh, you know, I, it just makes more sense to me that he starts a guard, I think. I, mean, I don't know. All right, listen to my idea for the starting offensive line. I want Donaldson at right tackle, Trevor Darling at right guard, give him some experience next to Donaldson. I want Gauthier at center. I want McDermott at left guard, and I want either St. Louis or that other George Brown 
kid from LSU. Mm-hmm. That's my starting offensive line. What do you think about that? Oh. I mean, McDermott played pretty well at tackle. I don't know if it, I, it'll be interesting to see if they if they want to move him back to guard. Uh, they've got a lot of different options, and I and I think they'll experiment during spring practice. I, you know, I think George Brown's the wild card. We don't have any idea <laughs> what what they have there, or don't have there, and you know, he's been on scout team for the most part, and uh, we'll have to see how he does in spring practice. Uh, you know, he's the wild card. If 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 he's a clear cut left tackle. Uh, then I guess you move McDermott back to guard. Um, you know, I agree with you at center. I mean, it's harsh, but I'm in the anybody but Linder category. I mean, I don't think it's, there's a coincidence that from the time Linder went out, suddenly the offensive line started playing much better. I mean, uh, you know, I thought, they, I mean, the fact that Alex Gall was able to go in and replace him and, in my opinion, play better. Uh, was not a good sign, but in fairness to to Linder, I will say that I don't think he was ever really healthy. I, I think he he tried to suck it up and because he didn't want to give up the year, uh, but I don't know that he was ever really really healthy. Okay, now uh, obviously we already discussed Manny Diaz. What a great job him and his staff did, and I believe before the season. Uh, there was a lot of discussion, even by you, saying that it, his defense was high risk, high reward. But when you look yeah, at it, changed. the only he changed. Well, he plays an he was, that's not defense. the kind of defense. That's not the kind of defense that he that he coached here. I don't. Th- I I didn't feel like it, they weren't taking a lot of crazy gambles and stuff. They weren't overusing the blitz. They were strategically using the blitz. Um, I think Manny Diaz evolved as a defensive coordinator because I think he had a better base of talent here than he ever had at Louisiana Tech or Mississippi State. I okay. I'm just saying. The only games I felt the defense let down a little was Notre Dame at the end on those last two drives and the end of the Virginia Tech game. Other than that, yeah. they played still football every game. Yeah, I, w- I and, think that's a good observation. And I think that, uh, the one kid I think that really came on at the end was Zach McLeod. I think that kid's going to be a stud. Well, you know, when they when they were all coming out of high school, Greg, and, and I talked to people about, about these kids, um, I was told that Zach McLeod was the best of the three. and But he wasn't the best of the three in the first part of the season. Um, no, Pinkney, I thought, wasn't. was better than him, and I thought Quarterman was better than him. But the last couple games, I think you're right. I'm not going to say he's better than those guys or not. I think they're all good. But Zach McLeod took a big step forward here late in the season. This is good. All right, now my last point about this recruiting. If we can come up with McFarlane, Slayton, a couple receivers, and what do you what do you hear? I mean, I saw your article about Dean. You think he's? I don't think Alabama wants Dean. And I agree with you. I, I think Alabama's, you know, kind of, you know, doing with him like you know what. You know, Miami did with Dingle. I, I, I think I think the Dean's going to end up at Miami. Well, I hope so. And what are you hearing on Brian Edwards? 
Uh, they're in the fight there. I think they got a very good chance to get him. And what about Conquest? I like, I like their chances better with Brian Edwards than, than, than I do uh, C.J. Henderson. Right. We discussed Henderson. I, I, yeah. He looks lackadaisical. You pointed that out to me. A little bit. Yeah, we were watching that at Under Armour. Yep. He does at times. Yeah. But I think he's going to Florida. All right, Gary. Thank you. All right, Greg, it was, it was great seeing you in Orlando, and um, thank you, as always, for being part of the show. And uh, right, I'm sure New we'll year. hear from you on the – I'm sure I'll, we'll hear from you in a few weeks when we uh, come back with a show on the 24th. Take care. All right, thanks. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Uh, let me take a moment here. And let me see, let me refer back to some of those questions that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com, topics that people wanted to hear discussed on tonight's show. Um, Let's see, Poster wanted to know, what is the solution to the offensive line issues? They've got nine months to fix it. Um, Well, and and it it continued on, is is it scheme, guys playing out of position, coaching, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't think it's any one thing. I, I think it's, 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 it's fundamentally uh, the, the talent level at offensive line, um, the lack of those guys playing together in the, in the system. Um, and I, I thought they really – I give those kids credit, man. They hung in there. They, they took some lumps at, at times. But the last five games that were all victories, I, I, I thought they really performed – pretty well and and after the debacles uh, at Virginia Tech and and Notre Dame where Kaya was sacked I think 13 times in two weeks um, I thought they played pretty darn well down the stretch of the season Um, they just they don't excel at run blocking they're not strong enough and 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 explosive enough so that creates major problems in play calling and just running offense and I thought Mark Rick did a great job adjusting to that Um, it's it's just it's not going to get better until they get better players. And, you know, Navon Donaldson coming in next year as a true freshman to me is better than anybody on the current roster. And you just you got to you know just keep stacking stacking that up and get to the point where you've got you know six or seven Navon Donaldsons on your roster the way the good the better teams around the country have. And um, that's when I think they'll truly have the offensive line solved to the satisfaction of Mark Richt, who wants to be able to run the football when he wants to run the football. Um, so, no, I don't think you're going to see Stacy Searles get replaced or anything like that. Um, I think they're just going to keep keep recruiting and looking to get better players on the offensive line. Um, how about the young safeties? Romeo Finley, James, Robert Knowles, Sed Wright. You know, what's going on with those guys? They're going to be needed next year was the question. And uh, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I'll be honest with you. I'm a, I'm a little bit concerned about where the roster stands right now at defensive back. Um, I think it's an issue. I think that there's a big premium on the guys that are being recruited this year coming in and being able to play right away the way the linebackers in last, last year's recruiting class came in and played this year. Um so I'm concerned about that whole group of young guys that's on the roster right now. Um, your hope is that one of them steps up in spring and you know can play a lot next year. 
Um, you know, maybe it's a Finley, maybe it's a Knowles. Uh, you know, you, you, I think you got to hope that one of them can can step up and 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 really be a, a factor at safety, and then hope that maybe one of the freshmen can give you contributions there. But um, I, I would say that the defensive backfield, uh, to me, along with obviously the continuation of concern about the offensive line, um, are two are probably the two biggest concern areas on this team as it heads into the offseason. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. And um, another question that came in was about basketball. What are the predictions for Kane's basketball now that the conference schedule is starting? Um, I'm a little concerned there as well. I, I think they're going to struggle a little bit in the ACC. I, I think that they're, they're, they're going to try to have their athleticism make up for their lack of strength on the interior, but I think that that that's only going to hold up on so many nights in the ACC. And uh, I think it's going to be a big struggle to get to 500 in the league this year, which I think is going to be the, the baseline for making the NCAA tournament. Um, but with Jim Laranega, you've always got a fighting chance. And if they can get to 500 in the ACC and, and be like maybe the sixth or seventh ACC team that makes it into the NCAA tournament, I think for this team, with the deficiencies that it has, uh, I think that, that would be uh, just a wonderful accomplishment. So that's my thoughts about where basketball is right now with the ACC schedule starting uh, on Saturday against NC State. All right, 646-595-2048. That's your number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We're going to go out now to the 239. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This is Joe from Fort Myers. Hey, what's up, Joe? Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, man. Good show so far, brother. Listen, I have a what couple you, things for you, and then you can com- you, have, you can comment after that. Um, I want to have to disagree with you. I think our play calling is uh, suspect at best, uh, very predictable. Uh, a little disappointed in in uh, the way that Brad Kaya started. I watched the game. I didn't. I wasn't blessed enough to go to the game. And the commentators were just beating up on Kaya. Uh, that definitely hurt his his chances at, at a good payday. So they just ripped him. But it is kind of unfair to you know run first down, second down, third and nine consistently. You know puts a lot of pressure, and he just looks out of it. You know through the replays. So that's one thing I disagree with you. I think uh, uh, I love Coach Rick, but I think somebody should be be calling the plays for him. Um, Richards ignited that team. It's crazy how talent can really change um, um, a game. You know, that, one, that little out-duke touchdown, crowd went crazy, ignited the team. It, it was unbelievable. And lastly, <clears throat> Coach Cool, the job that he has done has just been amazing. Um, number 99, his name is uh, uh, Johnson, I think, Joe Jack- or, or Jackson. I'm sorry, yeah, Jackson. He wasn't. I don't know what stars or, or you know what, what he was previously, but he, was he wasn't a really expected to do a bunch. Was he a four star? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, he definitely played like it accordingly, but he's just been uh, coach cool and just wonderful job. Um, and lastly, as far as recruiting is concerned, Terry, as far as a quarterback coming in and uh, Rozier, actually two more things. Uh, do you think that Rozier has a, you know can claim that starting? position since he's been there longer and lastly 
um, on the defensive side uh, with with the safeties aspect of things. Who do you think is going to replace um, our, our two safeties that, that that are leaving? And and put me on hold. And uh, I appreciate you. All right, you threw a bunch of stuff out there. Let me um, let me circle back because um, I want to talk a little bit about the play calling and. You know, you said it, you said that I think you used the word conservative. Um, it was a conservative or predictable. I think you said predictable, and you know, I think that it, it was predictable because of the struggles to run the football in almost every game. And uh, you know, once they got into good competition, uh, and I, I think that's what gave it the the, 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 the feeling of, of being predictable. You know, I, I thought at times maybe it was a little too conservative, but um, in, in terms of what, what, you know, what you're saying, and I, I think that this game's a little bit of a good case study because of how bad those first, I think, six series were. So, uh, right. you know, let's go back, let's go back through them. The, 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 the first time Miami had the ball, they ran the ball on first down and lost a yard. Um, right. And then, Kaya threw a pass to Mark Walton, for, and they lost two yards. So you're right. Now they're in third and 13. You're never going to convert those very often, and, and this is a team that struggles on third down anyway. So that drive blew up um, because of the two negative plays that started it. Okay. Then the next time they got the ball, they immediately had a false start penalty, which put, you know, which put them behind the eight ball at their own four-yard line. So you, you, know, you can't get real aggressive in that situation with your play calling. Uh, you know, I think you would agree on that. Um, so, you know, they end up in, in third and seven there as well, uh, which is not great, a great situation. Uh, and they end up failing and getting three out again. Now, the next time, and I also point out that they also had a rush for no gain on the second series. So the next time they get the ball, Mark Rick tries to adjust. Okay. And he comes out, pass, pass, pass. They threw the ball on all three downs. And you saw how bad Kaya was at the beginning of the game. And so, so that so that blows up on him. But to me, like, that's not bad play calling. Like, you know, it's just because you're not getting execution, it's not always the coach's fault. And, and in the first quarter, they only ran, I think, nine offensive plays. So... I mean, that's on pace for a 36-play game. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, a team should be running 75, 75 80 plays in, in, in a game. So they only had nine plays. So that's why everyone's sitting there throwing shoes at their TV and, and yelling and screaming. <laughs> and, and, and Greg's sitting here watching the replay, talking about what a disaster it is and everything else. I mean, it, it was, of course, it was horrible. But they only ran nine plays, okay? And, I, and I think of the nine, I think six were passes. So, you know, that's not, you know, that's not predictability. That's not being too conservative. That's called, you know, not getting execution. Okay. The, the next time they I got may, the ball. Yeah. I'm sorry, Gary. You're right in well, great valid points, and, and, and I love the well, way. Well, let me, let me, just, let me just, just finish real quick. The next time they got the ball, they threw the ball on first down, which to me, you know, was something that I was yelling about in the middle of the season when they were losing. I was like, oh, my God, you know, come on, coach. You know, you got to get more aggressive on first down. You can't just hand the ball to Mark Walton every first down. Well, he adjusted. Yeah. He stopped doing that, and they've been doing they, – they won five straight games. Now, you know, this is why I don't think that the criticism of Mark Rick in the early parts of last night's game were fair. I mean, the next time they got the ball, he threw it on first down. Um, and then on second down, he tries to run the ball, and they lose a yard. 
because the offensive line was getting their butt kicked, uh, and, and they lose a yard. Now they have third down again, and they come up a yard short on the pass. So, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, some of the criticism of the play calling was not really fair. Um, I don't think it was it was significantly different when they started having success. I think the kids just started executing better. Valid point, but really a couple quick things. Uh, first game, I think they didn't even try to draw where 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 the option where where you know Kai gets to run. But some misdirection is all I'm asking. I, I agree with him. He, he made some. He's, 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 you know he's 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 he is who he is for a reason. So, but. You know, just some more creativity, man. Some misdirection, some, some, some option, you know, some, just a little bit of something and just trying to run somebody power eye football, you know, when everybody's well, putting eight on the box and, and daring you to run, and you run, and we lose two yards. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. It, it, but, let me, but let me say this. It's, it's hard to run those type of running plays, you know, your counter plays, your misdirection plays, your, you know, your plays where guards are pulling and, and combo blocks right. and things like that. It's very, very hard to do that when you don't have athleticism on your offensive line, and Valid. they don't have they don't have it, man. I mean, you know, Valid. Casey McDermott did a great did a great job filling in at left tackle, but that, he's not a great athlete. Um, you know, Isadora's a bigger type of guy. I mean, that they pulled with him here or there, or, you know, but I mean, not very often. Um, you know. Alex Gall's not a great athlete. Uh, Nick Linder wasn't a great athlete. They just they don't have the personnel to do the kind of things that that you would love to to to, to see and like what you're talking about in the running game. Good point. Good point. Good point. Now, as they get better athletes in there, and you see they're in, in recruiting, you know they're, they're they're taking that Hillary kid for example, even though he's a project. Um, because he's a more athletic kid. I think he's a basketball player, um, and they're going to try to grow him a little bit into an offensive lineman. Um, I think the Brown kid is, is, is from LSU, I think, is in a similar type situation. I mean, I, I think they're trying to get more athletic up front. I don't think there's any question about that, but right now they're just not. Cool. Okay, and uh, and Richardson, the, the, the freshman, um, the, the job that he did? Wait, who, who are you talking about? I'm sorry, uh, the, the freshman. Um, uh, Richard, I think his last name is. I'm drawing a blank now. Oh, Amon. Amon Richard. The way he managed You were like scrambling my brain there for a minute. Um, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I don't have to tell you. I mean, he was unbelievable. I mean, I mean, awesome. what a year for a freshman and and, and the making the big plays that he made and the way he turned that game last night and, and wait till this kid, I mean, wait till next year and the year after. I mean, this kid's just starting. I mean, he's going to have an offseason training program. He's going to get stronger. He's going to become, I bet you he'll, he'll become faster. Um, I mean, sky's the limit for this kid. Awesome. Awesome. And after Rozier, is he, is he a lock? If Kai is, if Kai does go, is Rozier like the, like, does he take first, you know, first ring snaps? I don't think, I don't think there's it, a lock. Oh, he absolutely has to win it. I don't think there's a lock at all. In fact, it looked to me like Evan Sheriffs was the number two quarterback last night. You know, Mark Richt is not afraid to make depth chart changes as the, as the, with each <laughs> passing week. And, 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 right. and he'll, he'll guys if they're practicing better. And uh, it looked to me like Sheriffs was the backup last night. Right. That's the way it looked at pregame warm-ups. When, when, when Kaya wasn't taking the reps, it was Sheriffs. Malik Rozier was just standing around. 
Gotcha. And and Yerby, is he gone? I think so. He has not said definitively yeah. yet. I mean, I think he's gonna. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got a kid to support, and I think he's right. at the point where he's got to like see if he can make money playing pro football, and if not, you know, it might be time to go start pursuing a career. To to come back and be the third team running back next year at Miami, or the second, or maybe if you have a great camp, the backup. I mean, I'm not sure that he needs to do that. He's already done that for two years. Gotcha. And is Gus is Gus really transferring? I know that's a rumor around town. Has not said. I hope not. He shouldn't. There's no reason for him to transfer. Um, you know, he, he's got a good future next year on this team. I, you know, I think he would be the backup to Walton, and I think he right, would play he a lot. Ball before Yearby. Yeah, at the end of the year he did, yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, Gary. Well, great, man. Appreciate you. Uh, good job, and uh, keep it up, man. And Happy New Year. All right. And the one thing I'll say about Gus Edwards is I think him getting the ball like that at the end of the year was the co- part of it was the coaches sending him a message like, hey, you have a future here. You don't need to go transfer right. to Syracuse someplace else. So right, right. we'll see what happens there. Hopefully, um, hopefully he's not frustrated and he will come back and be part of next year's team. All right. Thank you for being part of the show. Hi, bro. You got it, man. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. We're closing out hour number two on tonight's Kane Sport Live show. The Canes Nation rejoices over the way their team played in Orlando last night, and it was very special. Uh, let's go out to the three hundred five. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Johnny O from Bird Road. What's up, Johnny O? How's it going, man? Doing good. Doing good. A little, little too much traffic uh, on the bike for my taste today. That was a pain in the butt, but um, made it back in time oh, for yeah. the show. That's good, man. I, I just was, um, you know, I'm just pleasantly surprised at the uh, progress that, you know, all these uh, three-star players, if you will, uh, have been uh, improving, you know, uh, Herndon and... Uh, you know, you you got you had uh, Lewis and Navarios uh, and Jackson. All these people, like, you know, before they were just like who, whatever, whoever. You now they're they're playmakers. They, I mean, at least in the bowl game, you know what I mean. I, I think I, what it's we're just seeing, awesome to see them contribute. There, it, I think what we're seeing, Johnny O, is that the recruiting under Al Golden probably wasn't as bad as we thought it was. Um, right. And maybe the coach, maybe the coaching was worse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know what? You got it, man. You hit the nail on the head. The recruiting wasn't so bad, but well, these are but, all but, most you know, of these guys are, are golden recruits. Exactly, exactly. And and you know, and to have uh, Coach Cool and Diaz and Cyrils and Rick, I mean, what a difference! What a difference! You know, I just I'm just so pleasantly surprised, man. You know. I, and what about Watson at that kickoff, you know, uh, blast? <laughs> I don't. I still that don't know. Was, what the heck that was genius. On. I don't know what he's doing on the kickoff team. I still don't. I don't. Still don't get that one. But <laughs> yeah, me neither. But but you know, he's a who, tough who kid. knows? Yeah. He's, who he's knows a tough if they would have gone? Maybe they're doing know, him a favor. I was going to say, Johnny O. Maybe they're doing him a favor because guys like that, when it's time to go to the National Football League. If you've shown that you could play special teams, your value goes yeah. up enormously. Yeah, and with his physique, you know, you, 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 and plus, you know, I wonder if he asked them, how can you deny such a guy 
such a star like him. You know what I'm saying? I want to hear probably said, you know what, I'm going to let you do it, but if you get hurt, you know, you cannot ask me for anything ever again. <laughs> I don't know if it like that. My guess, my guess it went more like we want you on kickoff team, and he said, and he obviously is in no position to complain. Yeah. You know what I was thinking? Do you think DJ Dallas could turn into a DV full-time starter yes, maybe? Yes, he could. Well, he could play either DB or receiver. It looks to me like they're counting on him to be a receiver. Uh, They're recruiting a a lot of numbers in the secondary and not so many numbers at receiver. And it looks to me like their intent, and and this is what I've heard as well, is to have DJ Dallas be a wide receiver. Wow. Wow. Uh, Well, according to the numbers, right, if we don't get all the DBs we want and we're thin – Maybe throw him in there, right? Or or yeah, vice versa yeah, versus I, the receivers. Receiver. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I, he could end up in the secondary. I know he 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 would like to play a little bit of both, but yeah. I, I think that his primary he could be our number one kick returner too, right? Good. Yeah, I think his primary position though will will be um, receiver. How, how what a surprise it was for to see Malcolm Lewis yesterday, you know, getting his his game on. Oh man, that was beautiful. That was yeah. so beautiful, you know. Great kid, great was, job, you know, not getting frustrated and bouncing back from that injury. And he, I mean, he never really, really was the same again. But uh, I'm right. I'm happy for him because he's a nice kid and he deserved it. Yes, yes, yes. And you know what I you know what I thought of yesterday? Poor Chicolo. I mean, if he could have, you know what I mean? You know, he this is at least his senior year if he would have had this you know, this coaching staff for crying out loud. <laughs> oh man, what you know, third generation, you know, he just missed the ripped train, you know what I mean? Hmm. He's come out okay though. He's come out okay. He's in the NFL. So. Oh, yeah. He's doing good over there at the Steelers, right? Yeah. All Way right. better than people thought he would do. Well, you know, but, you know, the the college, you know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime, and, you know, kind he kind of, you know, you know what happened. Didn't, didn't work out too well, unfortunately, you know. Yeah. And, 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 and horribly – Horrible to think about it because look what happened at the under all star game. He beat Ajitavian Clowney for the MVP before he mm-hmm. came to Miami Hurricanes. I mean, you know what I mean? Like he had that yeah, yeah. potential world star and and uh, you know, to to come to a coaching staff that it didn't they didn't pan out for him, you know, that's what I was saying. It's a little bit sad for him, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, what but, else you got yeah. for us tonight? No, not too much, man. That was it. Just happy to share. Happy New Year, and uh, talk to you soon, my brother. All right, Johnny. Thanks, as always, for being part of the show. 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, it'll put you in the queue. We bring you on in the order that you hit that button. We're going now to the 870. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello, Gary. This is Lemuel, Arkansas. Hey, What's up, man? Welcome. 
Hey, what's up? What's up? Hey, I I will piggyback on one caller. He was talking about the play calling the Rick, and then you went over that. I would kind of agree with him. Um, I think you said the run, pass, pass, but it was the type of pass. Third and eight. Let me just run a conservative tunnel screen and punt. Um, yeah, they need to work on uh, the third down package. I, I'll agree with everybody right. on that. The, the third yeah, down I mean, package is not good enough. Okay, and and this goes back way beyond even the Mark Richt era. I mean, it would, they used to have the same problems when James Coley was calling the plays. They have well, got to well, take James some time. Coley. They oh, got to yeah. take some time in the off season and take a look at what they're doing on third down. I totally agree with that. That's my issue, and even with James Coley, I've seen a little bit more aggressiveness, but they always had penalties to bring them back. So, but I think too that I formation run. I would I 100% agree with that caller. Every time he's in the operation, that's a dead giveaway to a run, in my opinion. And they put eight or nine in a the box, then he comes up, don't get any yards, and you're like, well, we can't run it. No. Well, let's stop I want to point something out here. Let's, let's take a look at the handicaps, okay, that okay. Mark Richt is dealing with. And, and James Coley was dealing with them too, okay. Um, you've got a quarterback who's not athletic. And a bad offensive okay. line. Okay, you've got those okay. two things that you have to you have to coach around. Quarterback who's not athletic and an offense and a bad and a and let I me mean, we'll be honest, not a very good offensive line. And a very well, let's say average. Okay, okay an average offensive line. I'm with line. you. So I'm with you. there's a lot of things that you can't do. Like, I mean, there's a lot of and that's you know, one of running them. Play. The power eye is one of them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If, you, if you don't have well, the yeah, offensive because, line, you can't run the power eye. Correct. Because because now Kai is turning his back to the line of scrimmage, which is a problem. Because you you got to get rid of the ball quickly because you don't have a really good offensive line, and you don't have the luxury of him sitting back there and 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 and, and turning his back to the line of scrimmage and then having to turn around and make his reads. I mean, so you 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 basically took the play action game out of the offense. I mean, think about it. You're right. coaching. With a with 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 quarterback that can't move, a bad offensive line, and you really can't use a lot of play action. Man, those are some serious serious handicaps if you're running a pro style offense. I agree, but that's why I say he never should have came out in the I period. It should have been scrapped from the middle of the season on. I never should have seen that formation. It has never come out the I. Left left as the year went on. I mean, they recruited the fullback Marquez Williams. To run in the to run the I formation, that kid, the last half of the season, Marquez Williams hardly played. He, I, I, I'm sorry, that's just the I should have never been shown last night in that first quarter. He couldn't get in the rhythm because Kaya, when you're not getting anything in the run game, no push, then you bring in Kaya and let this guy who's a blitzer come in and tee off on him in third and nine. You're not doing Kaya any justice. And I think even on this first drive when he threw that second down pass, it was a conservative swing pass that was five yards behind the line. And if we played a very good team, a team that was pretty good, we probably would have been in a 14-0 hole and that game would have played a little differently. You can't afford I, – I now, I'm not going to just – I'm not killing Rick because I think he's done a great job. But I don't think you can afford to, to come out here and experiment – and, and say, hey, I think we can come out here and do it when clearly it's been proven the whole year that that's not our strength. And I really feel like the four games that we lost, I know we were saying, well, you know, Rick had to get his feel. Well, that's not fair to the guys that's playing. 
you don't coach to get a field and jeopardize games for kids that's trying to win. So I think as a coach, early on, especially in their first quarter, after their first drive, he should say, okay, I, I definitely have to adjust. And he really didn't try to be aggressive in play calling to maybe the second quarter, in my opinion. And I, I didn't like that. Other than that, I have no, no complaints. But I think when you're that conservative and if you're playing a good team, that game could get ugly pretty quick if he, you don't he, watch he, it. he gets conservative at times. But the one thing I've noticed is that he clearly is a big believer in not letting games get away from you by being reckless. And, uh, you know, he's okay. You know, you're down seven, nothing. It's okay to, it's still okay to punt. Like you don't have to panic. Like, you know, and, and, you know, let's not do something stupid here and make it 14, nothing because we're trying to force something. And that's the one thing I've noticed about Mark Rick and how he approaches games. And he, he kind of like tries to work his way into the game. I get that. I get that, and maybe that's just a different. I just like to be. I'm a. I'm a gas guy. Put it on the. Put the gas well, down to the pedals. Let's go. And and I like to score points. I think every position, you know, your it, goal is not to fill out. We come to score points. If you, you I know, come you to win the game. I'm not coming to try not to lose it. You talk to people up at Georgia, and and that's a big criticism that they have that they had of Mark Rick. Uh, you know, they they felt like. There were times where he would coach himself out of a uh, he'd coach an eleven win season down to a nine or ten win season by mismanaging yeah. some of those kinds of things. Like that's the that's yeah. the monkey that's on his back, and and okay. and, and that 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 here now that he's at Miami, uh, that he has to overcome a little bit, and that and that's how he got out of favor at Georgia, and, and that was one of the big criticisms of him there. But uh, yeah. You know, every coach has their different way of attacking things. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I I thought there were times maybe he might have been a little too conservative, particularly at the beginning of games. Yes. But but maybe he just didn't didn't feel comfortable having Kaya just freewheeling it out there. I I, I get you. And, I mean, I just air air that to him. I mean, maybe, you know, of course he knows better than I do. It just, I don't like the feel of it. Yeah, I think you got to defer to him a little bit. You know, I mean, I think right. lots of times out here. Yeah, I mean, for, for everybody that's out here on the outside, you know, we don't know every single thing that's going through his mind um, as as he's making all these decisions. You know, and right. and you know, people like they just assume that Kaya can do this and Kaya can do that. Well, you know, maybe Kaya doesn't throw the you know the fly pattern real well. You know, we didn't see right. too many so, go routes. Maybe he just right. doesn't do it real well. Yeah, and Kaya doesn't have that just urgency, that it. I don't want to use James Winston as an example, but, you know, just that gamer, It kind of he kind of looks out of sorts a little bit. And I think sometimes you probably do have to kind of ease him in because he's not as a – he doesn't come in just pumped and ready and, you know, ready to throw darts all over the field. So, I mean, it could be a lot of things that goes into that. So – I'm not going to hold them on that. Um, my other thing is the Kaya thing going to the draft. I I think you said second or fifth, and I agree with that. And I think it only takes one team to draft in the second round. And I Correct. think quarterbacks is a position that's hungry. I know personally, I was on the board, I would say me, I don't want to go to no more classes. And if I can make money 
and being a quarterback. And, and this, too, I think sometimes going in the second round could be a better thing for you than going. Jeff Goff is not a number one quarterback from Cal. He is not. And pressure's on him to play right now, to be great right now. And he's not ready right now. But he was the number one pick. So because he went in the first round, he has to perform right now. And he actually may need two years to sit. But the NFL doesn't want to hear that when they draft you first round. So with Kaya, I look at two things. is that. And the second thing, I don't think he can get that much better. I think his ceiling is that. He's not going to get more athletic overnight. I mean, we could say he can work on a couple things, but those small mechanic things can be fixed in the NFL. It's nothing he can – he's not going to be that much better. He is – Well, that's feeling. what he's going to have to – that's gonna what he's evaluating right now. Yeah, I mean, he's never going to be able to throw when it's a lot of, a lot of clutter in the pocket. He's mm-hmm. always going to be have to have a clean pocket. It's like uh, that Matt Ryan uh, comparison to me was money. Matt Ryan has now got a great offensive line, can keep him clean, and he's great. Okay, but, okay, but without a good but Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan was was a way better quarterback in college than than Brad. Oh Kyle. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, no, I don't want to say that they they better. Matt Ryan was a really I'm just talking about college as far as he just played at yeah, yeah. College. If you put if you put that kid at Miami, he Miami, would have been yeah, unbelievable. Would, yeah. yeah, no doubt. But I'm just saying right now when you, when I watch Matt Ryan. If his pocket is not there, pretty much above average, maybe average quarterback, when his pocket is not there, he has to have a clean pocket. And I think yes. that's, to me, Kaya does not – he has to have a clean pocket. That would not change next year. He, he doesn't well, have you hope that – um, well, I mean, it changed the last five games. Uh, he had no, a no, what he happened had a the last five games, pocket. he had a good pocket. He, he had, had a pretty good pocket. And, and last night he had a pretty good pocket. Right, that's what I'm saying. If he does not have a good pocket, you can mail it in, and I just don't think that that's going to get better. So you have to think to to for people around him, they have to think, okay, how much better can he get? And I really don't see it. I think he'll be a second rounder next year. We we said the same thing about Stacy Coley, even though it's a receiver. Stacy Coley, we was like, oh, he needs to come back. He come back. He improved his grade. He didn't improve his grade. He's the same player. Like, in three, right. In three years in college football. In three years in college football, you pretty much, especially when you played as a freshman, you pretty much are what you are. Pretty much are, unless it's bad coaching or anything like that, you pretty much are what you are. And yeah. I think Stacey Cole was a great example. He just didn't improve his stock. He's the same, same player. He could have left last year and got made the same money. So, um, great point. those are my things. Those are my things. I know you got callers. I have a couple about Gus Edwards. I'll let this slide. Just get to some other people. Keep me on hold. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Happy New Year to you. Let's go to the 757. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Well, well, well. What's happening, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? There ain't nobody but Kane Kane. Well, I ain't too much to talk about. I ain't got too much. Good what bull mean, there's not too much to talk about? There's all uh, kinds of stuff. Much, no, man, I can't talk wrong because everybody wants the show, you know. It's a great win. The defense, I love when they were kicking their feet and stomping their head. It reminds you of back in the day when we had a little attitude. Um, Kyle looked sloppy, but then he got it together. You know, but he, personally, I think he's gone. I know he might say, but he's gone. Jogo, he already said, I'm out of here. But, hey, with the people coming in, I don't ever worry about people leaving because I'm old school, Kane. 
when people leave, you just put somebody in the play something, and hopefully they go from there. The defense is outstanding. Offense looked good. One thing I do say, he'll be probably gone too, even though he had some good runs last night. Walton, I like him. He's good, but he's more of that back. You got to give him a hole. He don't break tackles like he should, like he can. Just that was he broke tackles. That's all I'm saying about Walton. Walton can go the distance, but if he ain't got no hole, he ain't going nowhere. We've seen that. You can say all oh, a lot of backs like that. No, because people hate me when I say Dalvin Cook is a monster. But can he get home, man? Dalvin Cook run through people. I've seen it. Y'all know it. He ran through us two years. I'm glad his ass gone. Hope he don't never come back. I'll never hate on a kid that ran over us like he did. But as for Mark Rick, my man got mad with me yesterday. Make it quick. He said, Mark Rick is the best coach we had since Jimmy Johnson. I said, let me flip him. To me, he's a good coach. Give me the ACC title. And you're great to me. That's all I want. People say, that's all? I want a national championship, but you got to walk before you crawl. Look at Virginia Tech. They were getting stomped tonight. Arkansas must be horrible because they came back and won. That's good for the ACC, right? We're 6-1 in a bowl game. We look like we might win the championship and get extra money in the conference and all that. It's been a great year. It's going to get better. Like you said, Donaldson, I haven't seen him, but I will watch the game. You say he's a beast. These young kids that won't even on the radar, these foreign they're good, but the kids that don't even have stars or was barely looked at, they're playing their ass off. It's a totally different squad on that team. The defense is just just totally different. I know we're losing Cornell and stuff, but I'm pretty sure we'll get some people. I can't say to replace them off the bat, but we just need something to hold on to. So I think we're going to be fine next year. Personally, I see us beating the three teams we ain't beat since we've been there. Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, and you and see, we beat all three of them, Gary. I'm the happiest man ever because guess what? That's the road to the AC, the Coastal Division. We got to get all three of them. We we have not got all three of them since we've been in there. Well, and you got and, and you got to get back to where you beat Florida State some years too, so you're not yeah, well, you spotting. Know, I forgot about the, that. I, 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 go ahead. You well, go you're ahead. spotting the damn everybody in the Coastal a game unless they play Florida State too. Yeah, that's true. But see, Virginia Tech, I don't even know if they got them next year, right? I don't even know. Well, they only have every five years they play. Yeah, they get away with murder. Ready? Like I told my man, me and man Charles was fussing about that today. I said our schedule is probably 85% versus their 80% because we play FSU every year. Every year we got to match up with them. But like you said, there's got to be a time where we got to beat them. Man, seven years in a row, that shit hurt. But like you said, if we do lose to them next year, they got to block it and keep winning. Just keep winning. But after that, Kings fans celebrate, buy your T-shirts. I ain't getting nothing else. I'm just happy. You happy? Everybody happy. What the hell? Ain't nothing bad to talk about. Let's keep it's, it moving. It's, a fe- it's just a festival of happiness. A festival of happiness. It was a good win. And like I said, man, when I seen uh, Jenkins hit that quarterback, he got up shaking his leg and screaming back. Man, that's that old stuff. Now, let me ask you this. What was the stickers on the helmet? I ain't really go for that, man. Just, just – I saw a lot of stickers on the back of the helmet. Was that something new? Because I've never seen us never yeah, seen yeah, put stickers like on the helmet. Type of new, reward, new reward system or something maybe they came up with. I'll have to ask them oh, about that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, noticed that cause, uh, I forgot to ask about it, though. Yeah, but when you do, let me know. Because, see, back in the day, it won't no stickers. Your stick was your helmet. You just stick them. Ah, remind me of SEC. I look at that. They got stickers on. I don't want that crap, but I can't call it. I mean, hey, it is what it is. Just keep winning. Hey, man. 
Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and let's go, you Kings, baby, all day long. I'm out. All right, hey, King. Thank you, man. Thanks, as always, for being Thanks. part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We continue on. Let's go to the 985. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Swagger for life. How you doing, man? What's up, man? How you doing tonight? Doing okay, man. I must be one of the only guys on here that ain't happy and don't feel like it's a festival of happiness. You're not happy? <laughs> well, I am, but I'm, I'm not. I'm one of the guys I mean, that came on after uh, BK talked earlier. I'm one of the guys that we had our conversation about Brad Kaya uh, earlier in the week on the board. Uh, listen, I don't, I don't get going on with and just some of the people here wanting Kaya just to leave. I just don't. I, I, I don't, don't get, get that. it. I, I yeah, don't, I don't get either. it at all. I mean, I, I I got in a couple of conversations with people on here saying that we need to prepare a future quarterback for 2018. What about 2017? I mean, we got the best defense in the ACC probably coming back next year. We're going to have a young secondary, but I have confidence in Mike Rump and Banda and Diaz and those guys to get those guys ready. And nothing protects a, a week back four better than a, a great front seven. Ask Alabama about all that. I mean, I, I just don't, I don't understand why you would want, you know, a guy that's a three-year starter could come back and be a four-year starter to want to move on to the NFL. People talk about, okay, well, you know, he's not going to get any better, and, uh, you know, he might be able to get that second contract, uh, you know, after he gets drafted, you know, in the NFL, which I think is a bunch of uh, hooey anyway, because once you get to the NFL, there's no guarantees that you're going to get that second contract, depending on what happens in the draft. I mean, the draft is a crapshoot. I mean, the teams are going to make business decisions based on their needs, you know, so I, I don't get that argument. Um, I just I don't understand it. Can you help me out with it? Not really. <laughs> I think you did a pretty good job analyzing the I situation. Mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, look, Brad Kai is going to make the decision that's best for him, that's best for his family, that's best for his future. But in my opinion, if I'm Brad and I'm sitting there looking at these draft grades that are coming back from the second to the fifth round, anywhere in between, and then I'm like taking that in consideration versus, okay, I can come back and work in a pro-style, pro-style system with a proven head coach with a great defense that's going to have a reworked offensive line, have a chance to be a Heisman contender, you know, if Miami, you know, Heisman uh, uh, profile around them, you know, for next year, which is very possible, have a chance to win the ACC championship. And if we win the ACC championship, who knows what could happen, might be a playoff contender. I mean, plus get my degree. You know, I understand about money, 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 but when I'm looking at that, you know, if I come back to school and I do all that, I'm a first-round pick come 2018. NFL isn't going anywhere. Yeah, but here's the thing, and 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 I think he should come back, but I don't think he's ever going to be a first-round pick. And I, I, you know, I didn't understand the people before the season that were trying to put that label on him. Uh, He's just he, he doesn't have first round athletic ability and he's never going to and and i'm sure that's one of the things that that he and his advisors are looking at right now it's like what's really my upside and and you know if if the best thing for me is to go and and learn more football uh you know so that maybe one day i could be a coach or you know if i want to continue in football after i play and uh, things like that and you know 
you know, maybe that's what inspires him to leave right now. But if you're looking at it just on the value of, of his draft projections and where he is as a quarterback and, and, and his development, it, it's an absolute no-brainer that he doesn't go out and he does come back. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, but, I just... But, you know, but, he, but that might not be his agenda. You know, it, I, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I think he's all over the place on it right now, and and I think it's, a, I think the reason for that is it's a very, very hard decision. And when the NFL came back with projections all over the place, and 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 couldn't really give him a definitive idea of where he'll be drafted, uh, you know, I think that's a tough thing to navigate, also. Right. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, I understand it's a tough decision. I just don't get when when people are on here talking about. Well, we need to prepare for 2018. I, you know, I, that was just a, a conversation I had with somebody uh, on the board uh, a couple of days ago during the week. But any, anyway, I'll, I'll get, yeah, I'll get past that. But um, a couple other things. Um, uh, Mark Rick and his play calling. Uh, look, uh, any, all of these that they adhere to and that they stand by. Mark Rick, in my opinion, is no different. He's been coaching for a long time. These coaches, Gary, are all stubborn. <laughs> they all, they're all going to stick to what they know, what they feel is going to work. Like you said, you know, sometimes he feels like maybe that the best, the best thing to do is, is not to let the game get away or take too many chances. You know, that's his philosophy. You know, as far as the play calling, I don't think there was anything necessarily wrong with it. I go back to the same thing I pointed out early in the year. You know, we don't have the personnel that we, we need to run Rick's style of play. We just don't have it. We don't have the big girly back. We don't have the, the offensive line, you know, in place that, that's needed to run his, his style of offense. He's tried to stick with it. You've seen it. Uh, and, and it really hasn't worked. But, he, you know, that's his, that's his philosophy. And that's what he's going to be, I think, going forward. I think they need to fix it in recruiting. Don't you, do you agree? Totally agree. And they got to get the. It starts with the offensive line. For Mark Rick to do what he likes to do, he's got to have a great offensive line. Exactly. And you know that's that's where they need to, to hit the home runs with these kids, Slayton and uh, hopefully A Bear. Hopefully we can get a uh, Herbert to, to come over from uh, from Michigan. Well, uh, we're, we're 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 being a little presumptuous. I think that those kids are the end all to be all answers. I don't know if that's the case or not the case, um, but. You know, I'm just putting up a caution sign. Everybody thinks that getting Herbert or Slayton or both of them is the answer to every problem Miami has on the O line right now, and 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 I just caution everybody that you know I, I'm not sure that getting those one or two of those kids just by itself solves any problems. You know, they'll have to come in. They're going to have to develop like everybody else. I don't think those kids come in and you know are, are day one NFL uh, you know uh, draft picks or they're going to be you know program picks. I think it's a step in the right direction. I guess is what I'm. Yeah, but saying. I don't think I don't think I personally don't think I, I'm not sure either one of them is Navon Donaldson, for example. I mean no. that Navon no. Donaldson is the real no. deal. Okay, that is a grown okay. man coming into your program next year who I think is going to start from day one. I, I can't yeah, say the same thing yeah. about the, the other kids being recruited at offensive line. No, Navon Donaldson is your Leon Thursday is your Brian McKinney type type guy coming Correct. in starting. Day. No, no question. No, no question. About Eric Flowers, who played as a freshman, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Okay, right. I guess the right. more thing, Gary, the the whole Devontae yep. Smith thing over. I'm, I'm over here in Louisiana. Look, that that thing to Alabama is not a done deal. 
I know I don't know what you know or what you've heard, but that that thing we don't I don't know think anything. that thing's new. That kid is totally on radio silence, man. And you know, I, I I know Alabama feels good about him, but other than that, you know, he's not saying much. I know LSU's trying to get in there, yep. you know, with the new coach coming in and and, and everything, but uh, beyond that, we don't really know. Well, I think I think Miami's got a shot. Uh, I I think they do. I think that I think that Wait, could be if there's one big surprise comes on, and yeah, I think he could be it. They've they've been there from the beginning, so I mean they haven't been eliminated yet. Yeah, I I just think, man, look, going back to the Kai thing real quick. I you know he gives us you know like I said he's gonna do whatever he's gonna do. He's gonna make the best decision for himself. But when I when I get on the board, you know, well we you know we need we need to prepare for 2018, and you know the other guys give us a better chance to win. I'm just like, man, Sharif or Allison or. Or Testaverde, or Weldon, or Perry. I mean, granted, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm sure those, you know, those guys are serviceable, and the kids coming in are going to be great. You know, going to be going to be great. Uh, you know, great athletes in Miami. But I mean, I just don't agree with, you know, giving us the best chance to win. You know, these other guys coming. I, I, I just, I don't know. I just don't get it. Anyway. All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. All right, Gary. Thanks a lot. Talk to you next time. All right, 646-595-2048. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, we're heading towards 1030. So if you haven't hit that number one button yet and you want to talk, it's time to hit the button. Let's go out to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's up? You with us? Hey, what's up? Who's this? It's uh, RCSC Knowles. What's up, man? What you got? Did you say RCSC uh, Knowles? <laughs> You're not a Florida State fan, that? are you? Are you a Florida State no, fan? No, no. Okay. I, I definitely am, am not. Uh, question for you. What uh, What do you think uh, about LeBron uh, Donaldson since you've been there watching those practices? I heard another caller said he saw you there. What do you think? Yep. Do, you, do you think he comes in right away and plays? I think he starts from day one. I, th- I think he's a, he's just one of those unique prospects, man. The kid, the kid. <laughs> I mean, the kid to me has it all. I mean, he's got the body. He's got he's got the the, the desire to be great. He wants to be dominant. Uh, you know, he he's he's got that swag to him. He's got the confidence. Uh, I mean, I can't say enough good things about that kid. I, I think he, I think he's really special. I think he's he's he's, gonna, I think he's gonna start next season. Oh, uh, that that that's incredible. Uh, I have another question for you. What uh, what is the likelihood of uh, uh, the kid from South Dade that went to a JUCO college? I think he did really well in JUCO. Dean. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think we have a chance for him? Is is it true we have a chance? Yeah, I think I, I the chances there are very good. Uh, I mean, if, if I had to make a bet right now, it would be that he comes to Miami. Uh, he, uh, from what I'm told, he, he grew a lot in, in junior college. He was kind of smaller, bigger, stronger. Grew had like a like a second stint over there, a growth a late growth period or something. Looks much bigger. Yeah, he's um, he, you know he's just a late developer. He's uh he's he's done a nice job of becoming a better football player than maybe he was in high school. 
Listen, here's the one thing I'm going to tell you. If you see Alabama recruiting a defensive back, seriously, you can bet the ranch he's a good player. That is the one thing that Nick Saban is, is the best I've ever seen, and that's evaluating defensive backs. Uh, Gary, we're a lot of, a lot of talk about uh, the kid from New Jersey, Joku. Um, what, what, what is he going to do? Do you think he will do well the underwear Olympics uh, combine, whatever you call that? And because oh, yeah, I, 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 I think always his hands, his hands are not that good. His hands. No, his he hands has to work on that a but he is going to dominate the combine. He is going to – first of all, he's already jumped from the second round to the first round just by declaring. Okay, By last night, the NFL people that I talked to told me he will be a first-round draft pick. Now, wait till they see Are him sure? at the – that's what I'm told. I'm told he will Are go in sure the first he round. Are be first round? Wow. I'm, I, that's, you know, that's what I've been told by NFL people that I talked to that he will go in the first round. Now, when he gets to the combine and, and shows his jumping ability and that just pure athleticism cool. and his personality and his swag, you know, I mean, the kid is like, I mean, the kid's born to be a rock star. I mean, I mean, he walks with a, just a confident strut and he can jump like you've never seen. I mean, I mean I'm telling you, this kid is going to blow the combine, you know, out. Whoa. And, now oh, you know oh, yeah. he's he's a tight end. He's he's a specialist. Um, that's not going to help him. I, you know, I don't know that he's going to go in the first fifteen twenty picks, but I think late in the first round, um, I think some team is going to grab him. And uh, hey, wouldn't it be great if well the Dolphins have too many other needs? I don't think it'll be the Dolphins, but um, somebody's going to take him. You watch. Well, well, Gary, it's, it's, it's incredible because he's gotten so. Uh, so much done in such a short, only two years. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he was, he, he was a linebacker at one point, no? It, it, it's just that he's a freak. He's a freak athlete. That's what it, that's all it is. I mean, he, he was underused here. I mean, somebody yeah. brought it up earlier in the show. Why wasn't he featured more? Uh, you know, you, t- you take a kid like that and put him at, say, North Carolina or something, he's catching 10 balls a game because they don't have – you know, Stacy Coley and Amon Richards, and you know, you know what I'm saying. So, you know, they they have one or two guys, and and you know, he's he's getting ten targets a game. So, you know, he he just wasn't featured here, but he's such a freak athlete, and as an athlete, so off the charts that that supersedes everything else, and that's why he's able to go pro and be a, a, a likely first round draft pick after just two years and being a redshirt sophomore. Uh, Gary, people are also talking about um, Brad Kaya. Um, I, if he were my son, I would have to tell him he needs to leave. He's not going to get any better from one year to the next uh, to that such a big degree. If you look at what um, one of your callers said, it was Stacy Coley. That was a great example. He did not get that much better in a year. Um, I just yeah, well, I don't know if he's special. I tell him to go. I mean, there's well, it, it, that's what it, that's what has to be decided. Can I get better over the next twelve months? What can I get better at? And that's what will shape the decision he makes. Because if the answer is I can't get better, uh, 
I'm never going to be better than what I am today, then he ha- then you're right. He has to go. Uh, I, but I, if he I, can I to... be a second round to a fifth round pick, and 12 months from now, he can be guaranteed being a second round pick, that's worth coming back for. Someone told me right now, if, if, if you take a look at him now, and you look at everything honestly, if Bernie Kosar was right now Bernie Kosar coming out, he's not a first, second, or third rounder. But yeah, he was a first round pick in supplemental draft after two years. So it, it, it's incredible to me to, to look at the comparison. Other quarterbacks that have been drafted, Manuel, Ponders, uh, lots of guys that you, Hackenberg, Gino Jones, Gino Jones from Miramar. Those guys might be better athletes, but do you think they're better mentally? I, what, what, what have we seen? See a lot of people that athletically as a quarterback, you go with. I mean, look at Tannehill. Tannehill should have been on the bench for two years learning how to play, and 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 now would be even much better with a good coach, obviously, like like Gase, but. It, it, it makes no sense. Uh, he can come in now and develop. He can go to Green Bay and wait for two or three years, and boom, you got a good quarterback. He's never going to be fast, you know. If uh, he has a chance to grow, grow, and he can invest when you make in the future. <laughs> I don't understand why people don't see he needs to go. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's a definitive answer. I really don't. I think you can sell well, both sides. I think you could sell going, and I think you could sell staying, and that's why he's on the fence right now, and he's taking his time, and why, unlike David Njoku, he didn't announce what he's doing last night, because contrary to all the rumors that are being thrown around out there, and all the people that are posting on the message boards and things like that, claiming to be experts on what Brad Kai is going to do, um, I can pretty safely tell you, because um, I've done my research, that as of last night, the, that decision had not been made yet, and that's why he didn't make an announcement last night, like like Nijoku did. Nijoku had made the decision, and that's why he said it. Gary, uh, what, one thing too I wanted to talk about is the the, the level of coaching, the improvement, uh, the ability to to make these players better players, to develop them. Uh, the kid from, uh, I think he's, he's from Coconut Creek, uh, played cornerback. He was going to go to NC State or uh, Duke or something, and uh, they got him to decommit, come here, Malik. Um, Malik that Young. Kid was, yeah, Malik. Uh, the coach that played here, that played in the NFL, he's a great coach. He has been able to make him grow in – in three months. I mean, imagine all the other players, the great athletes that we have, the ones coming in, and Bandy, who's small, but he's he's Bandy. He's he's, he's a very powerful kid. Imagine what this guy is going to do. Imagine what Coach Kadalowski is going to do with the kid from Palm Beach. (laughs) This this defense is... (laughs) Gary, it's old school. 
Well, and, and, the, and the beautiful thing is I think they're getting about to the point where they're going to be able to redshirt some of these kids. You know, that kid coming in from Palm Beach doesn't have to play next year. Uh, and the you team, know, and, uh, and, and they could develop them properly. Uh, Gary, you were you there in Orlando. What happened to the kid uh, from Sacramento? He, you know, he didn't come. He came in late. He yeah, he did. It. I, he, you want to know the truth on that? He did it on purpose. He he didn't want to, He wanted to go to the bowl game, so he didn't check in at Under Armour until after the bowl game because. If he had checked in at Under Armour, he would have been responsible for for being at Under Armour and would not have been able to go to the ball game. Uh, <laughs> Gary, in the practice, have you seen him at all against the kid from uh, the kid from here from Miami? Not yet. No, I I um I headed back uh, so I could be back to do the show today. So, um, but I'm sure we'll get some film on it. Okay, well, Gary, it's been a long time since I talked to you. Thank you. Uh, happy New Year. Not, not a problem. And, thank, uh, you. thank you as always for being that, part that's of the okay. show. That's okay. That's okay. You got it, man. Thanks for calling in. Four six five nine five two zero four eight. You hit the number one if you want to come on the show. We're down to our last, um, well, however many minutes we need here, but, uh, you know, 15, 20, 25 minutes or so. So if you want to come on, like I said a minute ago, Time to hit that number one. Let's go down to the 305. You're live on King Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you tonight? Doing great. Who's this? Adam. Hey, what's up, Adam? How you been? Good. Uh, a couple questions. One, last night's game, that is the best from the second quarter on through the third. That was the best I thought Miami looked all year, just consistent yeah, I... on offense and defense. Even better than Georgia Tech or App State against the Yeah, I agree because of the the competition. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't see – did Malik Young play at all last night? I I don't think they called his name once because I didn't really see him. He was there, but but he didn't get burned or anything. Well, no. I mean, I saw they were throwing at Elder, and I saw him – Corn really only gave up one bad play, and I think that was the first quarter on the slant, and, and the guy got behind him for a first down. But that was about it. Um, but, um, I mean, other than that, I mean, Amon Richards looked really good. I was, it, it was great, again, to see Malcolm Lewis get the touchdown pass. And Barrios looked good. So that was really impressive. And, I mean – I understand why Kaya would want to go pro, but I think he's something along the lines of a Ken Dorsey. Great in college, might be a good coach, but I don't know if he'll be successful in the NFL as a player. What do you think? I I would agree that the jury is very much out. I mean, you know, people I talk to think he's going to get killed in the NFL. You know, that that his his inability to move is going to be a huge problem. Do you see him along the line similar to that of a Ken Dorsey being yeah, like a journeyman NFL? Okay. Because, I mean, I that's what it. I saw. I like Although I, I like thought yep. maybe because of the talent around him, I thought Ken Dorsey was a little bit better at college. But then again, look at all the talent Ken Dorsey had at his disposal. When yeah, it, was I mean, it, could, it could end up playing out like that, Absolutely. 
Okay, just a couple questions on recruiting. Are we still recruiting that kid out of California? Not Hunter Eccles. Um, I think it's his cousin, the small wideout, uh, Calvin. I don't. I don't think so. Um, I, I think because, that's kind of fallen by the wayside. Uh, I mean, and um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that he was ever really being seriously recruited. Quite honestly, he was kind of like a back burner kid. I mean, now that they're sort of back at square one, uh, maybe he's a guy that they'll that they'll re pick up interest in. But he's always he was always kind of like a back burner kind of guy. I think. No, okay. Because, I mean, I saw um, – and there was also a kid I think we were talking to out of Oklahoma who, I mean, I think he was out of the Tulsa area as a that wide receiver tight end. It was a wide receiver tight end. Um, Robinson might have been his last name. You're talking about Nick Nick Robinson. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, he he – I don't think he has an offer yet. I mean, the last – the last time we spoke to him, he did not have a Miami offer. He was hoping to set up a visit in January. Um, so we'll we'll see where that goes. But as of right now, uh, I don't Would, know that he's, you know, a big factor could, yet. Okay, because he didn't hear I, I mean, he didn't hear from Miami for, for the first time until late December, and then the dead period kicked in. So okay. So and, it, um, it just has. There hasn't been enough time, so um, but we'll be checking in with him. We'll check in with him and see okay. where things are. And another um, person we're not talking about, but I heard that Derek Smith played wide receiver at First Christian as well at safety. Could he also mm-hmm. be coming in as a wide receiver, like a DJ we Dallas? We believe that he was recruited as a safety. Play wide receiver if if the numbers I mean, I add up he, that way. But if they decide he's better at receiver than safety, you know, I mean, anything's possible. But I, but I believe when they signed him, they signed him as a safety. Okay. And do you see him possibly playing as a freshman, or do you think he's a redshirt candidate from what you've can't seen on tape from him? I, I can't really make a prediction there yet. We've got to see how he, how he comes in, how he competes. No, okay. Well, um, certainly not a lock to play as a freshman. Let's put it that way. Okay, and um, only a couple more questions. One, um, I know we'll probably go the grad transfer route, especially for wide receivers. Like, Corey Holmes, a possibility as a grad transfer? Um, we're not sure they're going to take him. I, I, I think he would like to come to Miami, and, uh, you know, they're going to have to decide. The, uh, here's what I think is going on right now. I think they're, they're right now here with – in the two weeks before they go back out recruiting, I think they're surveying the landscape and, and they're, okay. they're, they're kind of seeing what's out there, what's left out there, who they can recruit. They'll evaluate them. They'll, they'll stack them in a pecking order and they'll proceed forward the last three weeks of recruiting. Um, so, you know, will Corey Holmes factor into that? Don't really know yet. No, okay. And a couple more questions. One, I know Hartley said he shut down his recruitment, but do you see Miami still trying to make a run at him just to see if there's any – I guess that they've had enough. You know, I, I, you know, I mean, you know, will they check in with Jerry Judy every week? I'm sure. But are they going to check, keep checking in with Hartley? I, I don't think so. I mean, they were doing that kid a favor by giving him a spot. 
Okay, he's a small receiver. Uh, okay. That's why they weren't. Re- that's why they weren't recruiting him hard at the beginning. Teams don't want small receivers. Okay. Yeah, and West Miami Virginia, already. Go ahead. You know, West sorry. Virginia take a flyer like that because I think you saw last night that they don't get a lot of great receivers at West Virginia, but. You know, for Miami to offer a small receiver like that, that's a major leap. And they they took it. They gave him the chance to be a hurricane. He said, no, I'm going to West Virginia. My guess is they're moving on to other kids. Okay. I think you Um, should see that Jordan Pouncey take that spot. uh, Okay. Um, And then a couple more. One, um, I heard on a site, I don't know if it was this site or 24-7, that Maryland had made inroads with McFarland. Uh, what are you hearing in that regard? Does Miami still lead in that? Um, I would say Miami leads, but I think Maryland's always a factor. You know, he's got friends that are at Maryland. He's in Maryland. He's got a relationship with their coaching staff. I know Maryland people feel that this game is not over, that they're very much in it. Um, but every indication we get is that he's going to pick Miami. Oh, okay. Well, and... and um... Uh, last question. Um, speaking of Maryland kids, how did, um, do you see Kate? Because I'm imagining next year you have Pager on one side and Richards on the other. Do you think Kate will be ready next year? Without a doubt. Oh. Without a doubt. Um, will he be ready for spring ball or no? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a decent chance. Okay. Well, I think he, I think he needs call. to be ready for spring ball. You know, he needs those practice sessions. No, okay. Well, thanks for taking my call, Gary. Have a happy and healthy holidays and a happy new year. Anytime, man. Thank, thanks, as always, for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, you're running out of time. you got to hit that number one now. Let's go to the 318. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? You know, it's just Port City Kane, and I mean, I can tell you, uh, I want to say Happy New Year to you. And uh, on Same behalf you, of, I think, most of the, yeah, on behalf of most of the subscribers to Kane Sport Live, I want to just tell you, responsible journalism, the fact that, you know, we can get accurate information uh, all the time, and, you know, we're not bombarded by the rumor mill. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank but, you, uh, thank you for that. But, you know, we 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 pride ourselves on that, so we we really appreciate that. Okay, but uh, I really enjoyed last night, and I tell you, Amon Richards is just like a, a a breath of fresh air. You know, I mean, whenever you need it, you know, the guy comes through. And I was listening to Coach Rick; he said that uh, he had actually tweaked his hamstring, you know, in the practices leading up to it, and that was his first time actually running full speed. And, uh, I mean, he just uh, ignited us and took us. And just like most of the Canes fans, it's been a long time since we stepped on the field in, uh, versus a good quality team and showed our dominance. And uh, that was just a dominant performance from start to finish. And I tell you, uh, the ACC is getting a whole lot of respect uh, in these bowl games. Uh, you know, the, the bowl you didn't want to come to anymore – in our hometown, I mean, NC State really <laughs> put it on Vanderbilt. I mean, they put it on Vanderbilt. I mean, they took them to the uh-huh. woodshed, and, uh, you know, they called the dogs off. But uh, just a couple of questions about Cunliffe, maybe that uh, defensive tackle. 
uh, and about uh, the defensive end. The guy mentioned his name. Uh, the defensive end out of California. Do you think we have a chance with either one of those guys? You know, you just don't know with the visit, right? All right, uh, yeah, Conliff. We won't know till the visit, but I think they have a great chance. Uh, that that one's going real well. He's going to visit um, the January thirteenth visit weekend. Um, Penn State and Bama are also in it, but I'm not sure Bama. You know, Bama. You know, they only there's only so many kids that go to Bama can go to Bama. You know, every kid in the country can't go to Bama, and I don't think that he's going to have a spot at Bama. But he's a very good player, and um, I think it's going to be Miami or Penn State, and I think the Canes. Um, have a real shot uh, there. Now, um, I'm not sure who you're talking about from California. Uh, I mean, guy, DJ uh, Johnson. DJ, uh, is Johnson's a... friend. I can't think of his name. Oh, you're talking about the um, the kid that was a tight end? No, nah, the defensive end. The, D- the USC commit. The defensive end that's coming, DJ Johnson's friend. That's coming in uh, January. I can't uh, think of his name. Hunter Eccles? Yeah, Hunter, you're talking about. I think I think you're talking about Hunter Eccles. Yes, sir, who I'm Mel- talking about. He, yeah, you're talking about Hunter Eccles. He's from Los Angeles. Um, I think he's pretty solid to USC. I mean, they are friends, no doubt about it. But I think Eccles is pretty solid to USC, and I think it's to the point where USC hasn't given up hope of flipping DJ Johnson. But I don't think that's going to happen either. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's great. Hey. Just want to comment on a couple of the things. I know a lot of people have been talking about the play calling, but you know the game is is more than X's and O's, Billy and Joe's. And man, I'm telling you, that offensive line. If we had an offensive line that was worth something, I mean, we would be almost close to, you know, to the. Uh, we'd be close to the final four, you know. But we just don't have a. a an offensive line that's worth anything, and because of that, then we've had to, uh, you know, really add live and deal with a lot of things. Uh, and, a, and another thing, what is the situation with Devonta Smith? It seems like it's quiet, and I guess don't nobody know what's really going to happen there. I mean, he's gone quiet for months. I mean, I've heard through the underground that, that he's – you know that that Alabama feels pretty good that they have him locked up, but uh, beyond that, I can't tell you anything. I mean, he has he hasn't said a word in months. Uh, and another thing, if McFarland does go to another school, what's our backup for McFarland, or will we just stay with that one running back? Yeah, I mean, man, I'll tell you, if if the, if, the, if there's a backup for McFarland, uh, we don't see him no. right now. I mean, uh, I, I think it's McFarland or bust, which, which I think tells you that they feel pretty good that they're going to get McFarland. Okay. And another thing, I like that. I looked at that uh, tape on that uh, receiver, tight end, Robinson out of Oklahoma. I like the way he moved. You know, I really like yep. the way he moved. And then that size, you know, and I think that when it comes down to it, if it's some open slot, then it really is. I mean, and I'm going to tell you this, McKitty – got way more attention than his talent deserved. I mean, he got a whole lot more attention. The tight end from uh, IMG, in my opinion, he got way more attention. I know that you really wanted the guy, but really for that talent, when I listen to the coach describe him as not quite as athletic as Kellen Winslow and not quite Jeremy Shockey, I was just like, you know, but this guy got a whole day with the head coach. 
you know, and I was like, well, you know, it's probably just that talent cycle and that sense of urgency, knowing that you were going to lose uh, Najoku and wanting to try to add another tight end to the mix, you know, that probably got him that type of attention. But I think in the coming recruiting cycles, we'll see guys like C.J. Henderson and guys like McKitty that gets a whole lot of attention. They won't be able to get it because our talent level will uh, be what it needs to be. But I just want to say this, Joe, Joe when you look at, at – if you keep D.J. Johnson, which I'm pretty sure we are, and you got Joe Jackson, I mean, who's better, Joe Jackson or Brian Burns? I mean, we didn't, we didn't, we missed on Brian Burns, but I don't hear anybody, even though he was a considered, he was a freshman All-American basically because he played more than Joe Jackson. But really, if you evaluate him, Joe Jackson had as many big plays as Brian Burns had. Am I right about that, Gary? Yeah, no question. And 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 probably, and probably barely played, in my opinion. I mean, it's like Joe Jackson to me is like hardly ever on the damn field, but every time he's out there, he's making big plays. It's 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 like I don't know how they're going to keep him off the field next year. I know, and they they're going to do that. But I think that Conliff and the rest of those guys, the one thing I like them, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, but the one thing I like about this coaching staff with going after the defensive tackle is that they don't want to be in a position where they have to reach on a guy who really maybe not at that talent level, but because of a pressing need, you got to put a guy on the roster who's probably not roster worthy. And that's the reason why I'm yep. so happy that Coach Cool went out there and was proactive in getting these guys and getting a guy because that's a big guy that can move. And when you got – and mm-hmm. the one thing about it is you just like I remember last year, we would never talk. We would say Najoku will always be back. Najoku will be always back. When you look at Norton and you look at McIntosh, big guys with rare movement skills, I mean, their floor is the third round. I mean, if they have a good season, you know, you could be having an exodus like that. And it's great to have a guy like Cunliffe, great to have a guy like Ford come in there and be able to kind of, you know, sit, not have to play, but be developed. Hey, Garrett, I want you to have a happy new year, okay? All right, man. Hey, thank you for uh, for being part of the show. All right, guys, that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, great show. Glad to hear the happiness, and uh, the team certainly gave everybody a nice New Year's present last night in Orlando, and, and um, just a, a great send-off into a new year. You've, you've got eight months now before the next season begins and spring practice, off-season workouts, summer workouts, and um, just nice to see the program finish a season with an uplifted feeling, which is so distinctly different from what we've been dealing with, not just on Kane Sport Live and on Kane Sport, but you know the whole fan base in general has been dealing with for a decade now. Um, seasons have not ended on a happy note. So, uh, Great to see everybody happy. Uh, so that should segue into a very happy new year. Uh, make sure you're safe. Um, use Uber if you need to. And um, we will come back for a new Kane Sport Live on January the 24th and on January 31st. Those two Tuesday nights um, we'll pick up where we left off. We'll talk about what's going on in recruiting um, and so forth and so on. So uh, I want to thank Harry's for sponsoring tonight's show. If you haven't picked up one of their razors yet, 
obviously you still have a chance. They've extended their holiday offer of $5 off um, one of their gift sets. Uh, they still have some of them in stock. Uh, so you go on there, you order it. They're just, they start at just $15, and you use the code name Canes at checkout, and they'll give you $5 off. So it'll you know basically cost you 10 bucks to test out those Harry's razors and see why so many Canes fans who have taken them up on their offers are walking around with those nice, clean shaves, and their ladies are admiring how good they smell because those aftershave products uh, really do have a nice scent to them. So anyway, Happy New Year, everybody. And uh, obviously, we'll be on the message boards every day. If you need anything, just pop right on there, and uh, always have fun talking to each other. And we'll see you for a new Cane Sport Live on January the 24th. Good night and Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you.